Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, we've almost done it. We almost made it through the week. Yeah. At times, we weren't sure we would. It's been uh, it's been quite the travel. Brent. The beat goes on. The beat does go on here in Jacksonville, Florida. Some would say the beat down. Brent Morton, Austin Lane, Scott's in today. Coos is out. Wedding number four hundred and sixty-three of his career. The wedding tour continues into twenty twenty. <laughs> Who has? What's what's the bigger number? Coos weddings or Russell Westbrook triple doubles? Oh man, total like in. in Russell Westbrook's career? Yeah. Oh, Koo's Weddings all day. <laughs> Koo's Weddings all day. And I came prepared, Rock the Milwaukee Bucks. No Koo's you know, today. No Koo's. That's all right, though, man. I can wash it, have it to my Monday. It's all 76ers good. are a mess. Why are they such a mess? Oof. Well, Why am I talking NBA in the first block of our show two days in a row? <laughs> this is getting certain that you believe in. Uh, I mean, why are they such a mess? I think the big part is the play of Joel Embiid. You know, uh, I think he was like 8 for 24 last night. He's been field. inconsistent, right? Not that great, Brent. Not so that great. not T.J. McConnell's fault. I mean, I'm sure some of it's got to go with T.J. McConnell, obviously being that gritty, you know, type of passionate player, um, kind of that role player, as they call him. Um, I'm sure they're missing him a little bit, but, you know, all those two assists and two points and three turnovers per game. Where's, uh, what's his name, uh, the shooter that was there last year? Um Who's the shooter who was making like twenty million, twenty-four million uh, for from the seventy-sixers last year? He's not still there. Um, Why is his name escaping me? Come on, know. it shouldn't okay. escape you. You watch more NBA. I do. I don't. The shooter, the um, white guy coming to the white. Oh, you're talking about JJ Redick. Redick. Yeah, I got you. Dude. Really, the white guy. Yeah. I know, really? right? Well, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Brent said that, and I was. And then you got JJ yeah, yeah. Redick. Yeah. Shooters are uh, it can be black and white. They can be European. It doesn't matter, man. Shooters are shooters these I days. I just said the white guy. I was just I explaining the yeah. guy. You're but the one that found it out point two <laughs> seconds later. Uh, but where the is tall he guy wore the jersey. JJ Reddick's uh, with the Pelicans. Yeah, I thought yeah, okay, yeah, he yeah, went down yeah. the Pelicans. But, yeah. but I believe. I bet yeah. they're missing him because Reddick played great last year for yeah. the 76. Yeah, well, now they just got two guys in free agency. We're not in free agency. Yeah, in free agency, basically, they traded for, um, they got, the, I think, Burke. And then another dude that's supposed to be like a shoot. That's what Kuz is talking about, at least. I don't know. Hey, you know what? I'm not worried about the 76ers this year, dude. I know, but there's always time you. in the NBA. Oh, yeah. As long as you get in the dance, you got time to make something happen. Yeah, it's kind of funny though, isn't it? Because like to me, the NBA, it's like you kind of have a good idea of where the teams stand. You know, like obviously the Lakers are good, the Clippers are good, the Milwaukee Bucks are good. Um, I think we can agree that the Miami Heat are surprising and they're good as well. Yeah, like you know, like the cool thing with at the NHL and hockey is like you don't ever see who's coming, especially when the playoffs start. You know, it's like these teams can can surprise you. NBA, it's a little more you know with the star players, it's kind of ingrained of who you think's going to go to the to the finals at least and who's going to probably win. Yeah, you get a good feel for it, yeah. uh, barring injuries. Yeah. Speaking of, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on the show because I don't think we talk about it enough. The Lakers are good. Mm-hmm. LeBron and whatever other moves they've made, Anthony Davis obviously being a big one, has worked. And LeBron's still playing at an extremely high level. Some talk MVP kind of level. And that picture was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it just showed. I mean, guys have been playing 17 years in the league, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not, like, old, but I hurt sometimes when I get up <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. And he's throwing it down still like he's 22. I, I don't know if LeBron's being talked about enough in that way. 
this NBA season again. I don't talk NBA a bunch. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. LeBron James having a nice season. Well, and, it's and, the power and of doing what he's supposed to be doing with the Lakers. He is, man. It's it's the power of, of the wine soaks that he's been doing. And you see, you see him yeah, do that. Yeah. So he soaks in wine for every reason and does a kind of bunch of like these off the wall things. But obviously, it's working. And it, I'm always going to ask the question. It makes me beg the question: Where if he went to the NFL and if he played football? Just how legit would he be at the tight end position? Yeah, you know, and obviously he could be the we'll, tight end we've been know. missing. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I might sign him now. Oh yeah. See, <laughs> see if he's got anything left in the tank. Uh, how much money do you have to have to to soak in wine? Oh man. Especially, well, as a, I mean, this isn't box wine we're talking about either. I'm sure this is like the good stuff, right? Probably. And I'm not much of a wine connoisseur. What do you what do you, what do you call a wine expert? I have no idea. Okay, that's why we hang out together, Brent. Yes, um, I'm a beer guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's, he spends like you know what Clayus Campbell spends per year to keep his body right. Yeah, hundred grand about. Yeah, let's go ahead and probably triple that for LeBron James, honestly. Might. Yeah, probably even more. You're I don't right. Know. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, all right, a couple things today. We will talk London again because we do, and that's what we have, and we wrap up the week. And I tweeted this earlier today because I can't really stop thinking about this story. Okay. And uh, well, the reason I say that is I'm not as obsessed with the actual news that came out on Tuesday. I'm now more obsessed with what it all means. Super Bowl halftime show, right? <laughs> yes. Is that what we're, we're talking about <laughs> here? We go back to that, too. <laughs> okay, uh, that's, that's, that's what you're talking about. No, I mean, okay. I'm not suing anybody for $867 <laughs> trillion for that. Yeah. But I, I am obsessed with separating the, the, a little bit of fact and fiction. I think I am right about what I've brought up the last couple of days where the city is not getting enough of the blame. Uh, Not to say they're responsible for two games going to London, so to speak, but there are implications involved over the last handful of years where have they done enough and are they going to do anything or does this get worse in Jacksonville is a fair question. I also said uh, this this afternoon because I continue to think about it and read about others. I, I went back and read about the Patriots in Hartford, Connecticut, and I, I actually I, I knew about the story because I was in college at that time, and then I worked in Providence for a couple years. In fact, I saw the first ever game at Gillette Stadium. It was a preseason game against Kansas City Chiefs, and then I soon after that left for Albany, New York. Uh, but So I was there for the opening of that stadium, but I went back and read the whole thing with Kraft, and, and it was fascinating, just so many, like, Things that I didn't know also that went in. I knew the big picture, but didn't know. I read a fascinating story about it. So I continue to think about it, research it, all these things, um, and try to do our due diligence and try to act smarter than I really am. But I do think that one way or another, we have no idea what the script is going to say here in Jacksonville in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. We have no idea about what downtown, the Jaguars, anything. Yet I do believe we just are we are living in a week that will be monumental in some of that. I, I think the the news of this week, the reaction of the fans, the back and forth in general, and the discussions that we're all having, uh, I think will be one that we'll remember and point back to. February 2020, I think, will be impactful in kind of the story of the city of Jacksonville at some point. Mm. Could be a bad part of the story. Could be a turning point part of the story. Mm. Could be at the end a good part of the story. I don't know. I don't know where the script is going. But uh, the more and more I think about this week, I believe that. So, yeah, you've been very adamant that this could fall 
a lot more on the city of Jacksonville than we give it credit for. And I'm not saying it wrong by any means. I guess my question would be, if I'm Shad Khan, I'm the billionaire, I'm the guy that has all these big plans to improve downtown, to try to make a winner on the football field, all this stuff, then why not put the city of Jacksonville in and call them out? Yeah, and I wonder, that's a good call, right? And I, I, I think, um, listen, the Jaguars in them, themselves have not handled this week that great. The organization in terms of, uh, they haven't handled it very well at all, in my opinion, the messaging, the way the message was delivered. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. There is no show of sensitivity toward the fans when this came out on Tuesday. It wasn't until they got a backlash that they said, whoa, wait a minute. You know, and and now they've kind of backtracked a little bit and tried to figure this thing out and clean up the mess to a degree. And what that even means, we don't really know. And how that plays out, we don't even know. Mm. So I do think they were trying to avoid what you don't want to do, because this organization, when I first got here and I came in after this happened, but from 2005 to 2010, when you, you first were probably here as a Jacksonville Jaguars player, there was that stigma of you're threatening us, right? You're mm. threatening us if we leave that we'll leave. If we don't come to the games or things like that, there was that time period where there seemed to be the fans were being threatened. One, I think the Jaguars, in terms of Mark Lamping and Shotcon, want to avoid that at all costs. They they don't they don't say that. Uh, whether that's true or not, well, that's up for interpretation. But yeah. they don't say it like that. I also think they don't want to come out and bully necessarily the political end of Jacksonville. They want to work together with them. So coming out publicly and saying it could come across as bullying, turn people off, create enemies when there is a significant vote coming up in the next couple of months uh, by the DIA and, and city council to get Lot J going. So I think they have to finesse that situation is my point, although I believe people like us can interpret and that's the way I've interpreted this week now, putting things together over the years, comments together from Lamping and Shad Khan and, and everything else, that I do think their angst is with a little bit of the city, and that's where leverage comes into play here. Now, again, I said this yesterday, I think there's a little bit of leverage. The fans are being leveraged to a degree. Yeah. But this, the one part of that is what we do have this week in the city of Jacksonville is a lot of discussion. And a lot of talk about it. And it makes you look a little bit deeper into it. And what does it look like five years down the road? What if we don't get things done in the city? Where does – what is the next step? You know, who else is going to make it happen if Shad Khan with all his billions of dollars can't help make it happen? Is a fair question. Yeah. So here's the fact. If you're an owner of an NFL team, you need essentially two things. You obviously need a supportive fan base that's going to come – pay the ticket, you know, pay the prices and add revenue to the team. And then you also need the cooperation of the city to expand, to grow things. Well, Shad Khan had no problem, you know, kind of calling fans out saying, listen, we need you guys to come to the game because it's not sustainable right now the way it's set up. So I guess my question would be then why not call it the city of Jacksonville? And why not direct, you know, the fans' energies towards that? Because, I get it. Like, if you're a fan of the Jaguars, well, guess what? Then you have the power to vote to maybe vote the right people in office that want to change the downtown city of Jacksonville, that want to work with Shad Khan. So I think if that's the case where this is the city of Jacksonville, I think Shad Khan and his people are doing themselves a disservice by not calling out the city of Jacksonville and saying, you know what? We have to rally around this and say, hey, there has to be some changes being made. Yeah, I think that is a little bit of a chess match in all that. And I don't necessarily believe their intention was to call out the fan. I think it was more of a misstep. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was. I think it was a miscalculation and misstep along the way to do it that way so it was received that way. I don't think their intention was to call out the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think if you listen to a lot of things, 90% of what they say, 95% of what they say, they never do that. It, it's more of a, an inclusion. But I think they misstepped and miscalculated by not including the fans a little bit more on Tuesday in in their messaging and not saying, hey, we feel for you. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've said it a couple of times. If they had said just we feel for you, we understand this is uncomfortable, we get it, but you got to trust us. We got to. We feel like we need to do this. Mm-hmm. That part was never said. That front end part was never said. And I think that was the miscalculation and the misstep by the Jaguars when they made this move on Tuesday. And again, that does not mean if they had said that it would be all hunky dory and great. Take another game away. I'm not saying there wouldn't have been angst, there wouldn't have been emotion, there wouldn't have been reaction. But I do think at least if you said that, it would have come across a little bit different in the messaging. All right, we're not done with this story. We'll have some balling and falling. Maybe we get to stay in your lane. I don't know if you can do that anymore. What is that again? It's been a long time. Oh, yeah. I think I can uh, chalk something up here for a special Friday. How about the XFL? Any interest? Any interest at all? Talk a little bit about that. Where, uh, Where are we in our sports calendar? We're on the Daytona 500 horizon here locally. But college basketball now is just a month away from March Madness. Yep. What the heck does the college basketball landscape even look like right now? That's what happens around here. Yeah. You're like, you look up and it's February something. You're like, oh, gosh, I better do some homework. My brackets got to be ready soon. Coming right up. Exactly, <laughs> man. What is college basketball? Talk a little bit about the college basketball landscape. But coming up next, I don't usually do this. But there was an article written. About this whole London Jags con, all this stuff Mm. in in the paper uh, column. And it was interesting. I don't know if I agree with everything in it. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to go there first. Shots fired, Brett? Not not really shots fired. I like this guy. Okay. Um, And I think he does pretty good work for the most part. But I mean, he's always right. Yeah. I mean, I'm right either. That's what this is for. Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690 coming up next. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back. By the way, did you survive yesterday's phone call? Oh, from that dude that called in the show? You okay? I'm good, man. All right. Just Just check. Slept like a baby last night. Good for you. Got my eight and a half hours. Eight and a half hours? You get eight and a half hours of sleep? I always try to get at least eight hours, Brent. Yeah. My goodness! I guess they say that's good for you. Say seven to it eight is, hours. That's that's science. It's not they. It's that's scientists. That's, that's they. facts. Well, okay, but scientists like, are they? Yeah, but don't make it sound scientists like scientists aren't like, you people. Yeah, but scientists don't make it are sound yeah. like it's someone's like on Twitter saying this. This is this is important stuff. Well, science does change too. Forever, people said eight hours. Yeah. is like the must have. Now it actually, it's I've seven. heard it's seven. Yeah, it goes to seven to eight, and then folks do say that if you don't have seven hours. Anxiety levels, stress levels go up. Yep. Aaron Cameron, 10 hours. 10 hours of sleep. How, how crazy is that? That is not How family. do you do that? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea, man. Like, that means, like, so what time do you usually go to bed? Ideally. Not when you're on the road with 10:30. us. 10.30. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're up to all hours in the morning. Uh, probably like around 10.30 or so. Okay. I start to unwind. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So 10.30 to, that's 7 o'clock in the morning. That's 7 o'clock. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. Did the storms keep you up last night? 
Uh, no, not really. I, I, I was zonked, man. You were out. But, uh, but I heard they're pretty bad. Yeah, they were, yeah, I mean, it was quick. Okay. But it was about, I tell you what, the Mike Burr's first alert weather team, right on the money. Yeah. I mean, it was like clockwork. It was For right sure. on the money. Exactly yeah. what they said. They don't get credit when they get it right. Of course not. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give them some credit. I, I see you, man. Uh, Mike Burr, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Money Mike. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's interesting. Like, uh, the, you're, you're kind of, a, you are a very scheduled person. I am a creature of habit. Yeah. Yes. And that's that goes back to your playing days. Like, oh, of you course, couldn't have been, Nobody's like that in college. Like, you couldn't have been like that in college. <laughs> no. Right? No. So you got to the NFL and you became kind of this yeah. creature of habit. I, I did. Correct. Yeah. I, well, I think it's just, it comes with age, too. I mean, obviously, the NFL helped, but, you know, just as you get older, your body starts breaking down. You know, they always say father time's undefeated, so I'm just trying to combat that as much as possible. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, you've done a good job. Thanks, man. And sleep does help that. Sleep does help that. I'm I'm I've turned on sleep. I think sleep is important. Oh yeah, he's starting to come around now. Yeah. You starting to realize oh, that coffee's not the the, the end all be all. Yeah, but like coffee. Hey, yeah, hey, 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 yeah, hey, hey, hey. Don't talk about your church. Don't talk about mine. <laughs> Very well said, Scott. It, it is some people's yeah. religions. I, uh, I, I guess I have one right here. I get it, but, man. You know, coffee to me. I've said this before. Like. I'll have a coffee at nine or ten o'clock at night, yeah. and it actually feels like it makes me more tired. Really, it does not keep me up. Like I can have, a, I can have a, a Coke. Mm-hmm. I don't have Coke, Diet Coke. Sure. Uh, I can have coffee mm-hmm. at midnight and go to bed at twelve oh five. That that does not do that. Now in the morning, your body it, just embraces that caffeine, man. Yeah, I feel like in the morning <laughs> I do perk up a little bit. Okay, maybe. Yeah. But I don't. There's not like this big jump. In my energy level from drinking coffee, there isn't. Interesting. At least that I feel. Yeah. I'm sure there is some like subconscious one. For sure, for sure. But I've also probably like uh, diffused some of that. Yeah. Because I drink like seven of them a day. Of course, your, your body's getting conditioned to it. Now here's the deal, okay? So I've had a, like a cold. Okay. Uh, I get first of all I had the allergies. We had the black mold at our Airbnb <laughs> down in Miami. <laughs> Sorry for bringing that up, by the way. I it was, like I made it yeah, worse it was in my head up. the whole rest oh, of the I week. Oh, I know, man. That was my bad. It was probably right. Like, yeah. it was just well, not a good, like, smell when you got there, in there. There was, a, there was, a, there was an aroma. The that air just quality wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I almost would die for that location we were at. Oh, it was money. It was a good right location. for the media place. It yeah. was worth whatever I'm about to get down the road because of it. <laughs> for sure. I say that now. Yeah. But uh, I come back, and you got a little pollen going, and you got that going. And for the first time in like 16 months, I kind of got a little, not like super sick, but I got something, a little something going on. Cool. So at night, I'm really congested. Okay. Well, Steph says I snore like a son of a gun when I'm really congested. Like she, not good. But right? I'm in like a coma, so it yeah. doesn't bother me. For sure. So I tried before these Breathe Right strips. Oh, yeah, dude. I used to rock those in football. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. it's amazing. Like, they actually work. Yeah. Like, so, this is not a point. Like, this is not, by the way, this is not an advertisement. Now, they do work to the point where I'm thinking of if I get clogged up here on the show, I might put it on during the show. Can I be well, the first person to have, have a Breathe Right strip and do a radio show? You might be, man. But how does this I stuff do even it. work? You it's might like as well magic. go full tilt at that point. Just put on the, the charcoal liners and the yeah. wear the helmet yeah. and just commit oh, to the yeah, game, man. Sure. Dude, I'll never forget, man. It's like when I was in Chicago. Because, you know, like obviously you grew up with Ray Lewis wearing them and everything like that. And I was always skeptical. Like, ah, and I never rocked the, the Breathe Right strips. And I should have because you see the schnoz right here, man. It, it, it could use some more airflow. Okay? There's, there's things that are blocked off in there that have to get taken care of eventually. But it wasn't until I got to Chicago. I was complaining to one of the trainers one time. Like, man, I'm, I'm just kind of stuffed up. And getting ready to go to practice and everything. He's like, oh, I'm just 
try to breathe that strip. I'm like, yeah, well, that's just tape for your nose. Like, it's, that's more of just kind it's of a show. Yeah, it's a show. It's like we're an eye black. He's like, no, give it a try. I'm like, all right. I gave it a try one time. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to need an endorsement of breathe right strips because they're that real of a deal. It's pretty, so, like, what does it do? Like, I don't even, I haven't read up on it, but yeah. it feels like it, it just, it so must like uh, the adhesive must just pull your, make your nose bigger. Well, no, so I guess what it does <laughs> is that it, when, you, when you like apply it, it, it basically just opens up the airways. Like the, the pressure of it just opens up your, your breathing airways and yeah. It's legit. I might do. I might have this on by the end of the show. Okay, Seriously. Yeah, let's rock it. Because sometimes hey, I will say, history, Brent. I will say this: like when I'm talking a lot, which yeah. I do a lot on the mm-hmm. show, probably too much. Mm-hmm. They like you. I have to catch my breath sometimes when I'm all clogged up. Sure. So I might get into that. One other thought on the eye black stuff. Yeah. I was that guy, man. I oh, love I the eye too. black. Now I'm not a big believer that the eye black did anything in no, baseball to help with the sun reflection. Yeah. But I didn't mind the eye black. Now you were a different eye black guy. Oh, dude. You, you were know like kind of any given I Sunday was. eye black guy. Dude, I, I, I literally <laughs> I had my pregame song "Run This Town Tonight" by Jay Z, and I had my own eye black, and I would stand in the mirror blasting that song to the point where Joe Cullen would tell me to turn it down. It's too loud. I'm like, it's fine, coach. Don't worry about it. And I'll take that eye black man and just, oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah I, I was like, get ready to go to battle, it seemed like. Hey, eye black is just sports goth. Fight me on this. And it's just what? It's just sports goth. That's all. Sports goth. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing that's lost its luster a little bit. I don't need those clean eye black strips. Yeah. You need the actual stuff that takes like an hour shower to get off. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the, the strips are, of course, no, are grease, man. so clean, grease, man. dude. Need the grease. You, you need have to go it. Now, the listen, if I could put, like, maybe I'd put, like, ESPN 690 on the strips. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of good branding. Yep. You know, Tebow did it. Yep, right? And, and that was good branding. Yep. But, deductible. Uh, and deductible. And deductible. <laughs> but, so I get it. But it's just not the real deal. I mean, you need the you need the coach or – I couldn't put it on myself. I need somebody else to put it on. Yeah. You need that thick line of – one of That's my awesome. biggest pet peeves in the NFL when I played, and it's still a question that has yet to be answered, and I regret not asking him when I played against him, is how Tom Brady can have the perfect eye black across it. You, know, you ever see Tom Brady's yeah. eye black? It's literally like a pencil line just like drawn on. And I wanted to ask him, Giselle number one, on. why? Number two, do you do it yourself? And number three, what do you use? There's no way he does it makeup for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would too if it came down There's to There's no it. way he does it himself. Yeah, I, I hope. I mean, this is kind of brilliant. Yeah, listen, that's hard to so do Brent, yourself. So you, you say Tom Brady's got an eye black guy? Yes. Tom Brady's got a guy oh, for everything, probably. Man, see, that just kind of. I get it. You know, six I, Super I Bowls. I couldn't put dude, my but... own eye black on. I mean, I didn't. Hey, well, of course, stand in front of a mirror. It's uh, going to be okay. Listen, man, I played at Ashland University, and he's probably at high school. The mirror was probably cracked, <laughs> if we even had one. Okay, we were state of the art facilities here, and I didn't have a phone at the y'all time to kind mirrors, of look into. Y- y'all can afford mirrors. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I don't not ones that probably work. I guess <laughs> <laughs> they had been busted. Yeah, for sure. Mirrors I remember at East Providence High School or yeah. Ashland University it had some okay. cracks in them. Man, Brent's coming up tough, man. I appreciate it. Hard times, hard times. Uh, all right, uh, we're gonna. Uh, I, I paused on the article article yeah, that I did. was going to get after a little bit. That's what usually happens. Man. Because like, of eye black yep. and breathe right strips. Yep. <laughs> it's because you had to gear up first, man. You want to be ready when you charge in on this. I, I love where that's that's true. Maybe I should put it all on for this. The uh, I, I love where the show takes us sometimes. Yesterday we did about a half hour on the phone call. So much to the point where Ty said to me today, he's like, hey, you got another call today or do you need me to call in for you? So I think Ty wants to call in and rip us. 
Clapback Fridays could be a thing, man. I like it. Let's go. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll get more into the London talk. And here's the question I have. And by the way, this is Nate Monroe's article that came out. I think he's a talented uh, journalist here in Jacksonville. And he's really been hard on the mayor and politicians in town. That's not where I'm going with it, although I might have a question about that in relation to this. But there are a couple of things, especially one, about identity of the city of Jacksonville. And if it needs the Jaguars or not to be part of its identity, or already is it, that I took a little bit of exception with. I want your thoughts on it. You guys can weigh in as well. 904-362-9901. Star Star 690 is the number. It's coming up. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. No eye blacker. Breathe right strips yet. We're making it through it without us. <laughs> so without brave, that. Brent. You're so brave. We are brave. You're so brave. Don't, brave don't, don't tie me into this. I'm just calling you brave. Yeah. At least stretch first, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah at least stretch. I could use the stretch, too. <laughs> Hasn't happened in a while. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Scott with us uh, here on a Friday. We're making it through, everybody. How is everybody doing here on a uh, Friday? After the news of the week, Super Bowl hangover, XFL on the horizon. Let's go. Yeah. Daytona 500 on the horizon. Let's March go. March Madness on the horizon. Let's go. we got a good couple months ahead. Yeah. All the way up. I say until the draft. Really, if you think about it, there's a lot of stuff still going on. Just not as, I guess, bunched together. It's more spread out from uh, Daytona 500 to the Combine to the Players' Championship to the, which now is 31 days away. Who's 31? Reggie Miller. I don't like Reggie Miller. I didn't when I was a Celtics fan, but it's Reggie Miller. Uh, and then uh, the owners' meetings, which could be interesting, uh, down in South Florida. The Masters, then the draft. And then yeah. it closes with the draft. And then, you know, after that time, then, then like the Jags and football starts picking up because they're here for OTAs and mini camps and uh, all the rest. All Mike, right, let's get- Mike Piazza and Greg Maddox, by the way, two 31s. Okay. There we go. Just helping you out. Piazza would have taken. I would have. I would have to think about that one. Oh, for sure. Me I too. I mean, you're right, I'm right on the money, obviously. But I, I had this video game, too, and I forgot about that. All right. Did you read this article from Nate Monroe, Jacksonville.com? Just finished her up. All right. What do you think of it? Um, Interesting. You know, like, <laughs> I mean... Nate Monroe, by the way, writes a couple columns a week for Jacksonville.com. Usually stays on the political side of things. Yeah. In fact, has hammered uh, the city officials for the most part for the better part of a couple of years, if I'm right. I don't. Again, I don't pay attention to that side of it so much. Yeah. But I know uh, Nate has done that, and he's got a following because of that. And uh, doesn't really dip into the Jaguars' waters too much. He has once or twice, I think, in the past. But he certainly did with the – and he really went after Shad Khan and the Jaguars organization mm-hmm. in this particular piece. Yeah, and, you know, I think some of the things that he said, I think it echoes a lot what the fans are thinking, Brent. Um, I think it was, a, it was a nicely read article. I, th- I would say the only, um, you know, constructive criticism I would have is I think you're underestimating um, – you know, the fact that Shad Khan does want to win in Jacksonville. And, and at least that's my impression. Now, I, I get it. Having two games in London wouldn't show that. Um, some of the moves that have been going on with the, you know, with the 
personnel in the front office wouldn't echo that. But I always go back to the first day I ever met Shad Khan, and then the first day that Shad Khan came in uh, to talk to our football team. Uh, it would have been, what, back in 2011 or 12? Well, like the, the, the spring. It would 12. Have, yeah, 12. Like the, that, the transition part. So yeah, he, he bought the team in eleven. Yeah, so, so eleven December. Yeah, and so it would have been twelve. Yeah, so um, you know, it's just echoing the fact that he really wants to win a Super Bowl. You know, that was the first thing that he brought up in the team meeting when he met with all of us, and I think that was the last thing he echoed as well. So I still think that he is keen to do it, to doing that. I don't think he obviously has made the best moves in terms of the people that he's hired to take over that spot to get a, a Super Bowl to Jacksonville, but I think it can't be stated enough that Shad Khan does want to stay in Jacksonville. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, when I read the article, I was like, okay, you know, it's certainly what the fans want to hear. Yeah. You know, and, and that's fine. Um, and, and I don't it, it's obviously what Nate believes. Interesting because in the last couple of days on this show, I've been starting to question why people aren't hammering the city. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my one question to Nate would be, and I can ask him this down the road, uh, is I'm interested in why for a, for someone who's hammered the city so much, he really goes after the Jaguars organization and backs off the city. Mm-hmm. In this, in, So I found that interesting because I thought if he was going to go after somebody in a column, I thought it would be the city. Kind of who I've gone after in the last couple of days. Now, again, I've gone after the city a little bit and saying, we might want to get moving here. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I've justified them taking a second game to London either. You can do both. Mm-hmm. But I do believe the facts are there. If you listen to our show yesterday, especially about 45 minutes into our show, kind of went on a little bit of a rant about what do you want to be? Where do you want this thing to go? And how many people have lined up to say, hey, I'm willing to give 200 and something million dollars to help a project go forward? Not too many people have walked through the Jacksonville doors and city limits and said that. And that's fact of what Shad Khan is essentially trying to say. So, and by the way, he found another somebody else to commit more than 200 million more dollars. And therefore, the city would be on the hook for 30, 35 percent of of the total package for Lot J. So it is a huge deal, Lot J and, and everything else from Shad Khan's view of bringing not only the city but the Jaguars forward for decades and decades to come. Uh, they have stated that. They have said that. But uh, So I was a little surprised, maybe not more angst toward the city, even on Nate's part. But that's up to him, wrote the article. The one thing I had a little bit of an issue with, uh, and I don't d- agree with him, and that's fine. That's what these pieces are for. That's what our shows are for. We don't have to always agree. It's getting the conversation started. That's what it's all about. But here's what he says. It's hokey to state this as a sentence, but this is bigger than con. Or rather, it should be. It is Jacksonville that provides the team value and an identity. And it is because of Jacksonville that the Jaguars are relevant. Is it? Is it really? You're telling me if they were the San Antonio Jaguars? If they were the St. Louis Jaguars, the London Jaguars, the Toronto Jaguars, the name of city Jaguars, that this city would still be as relevant and have an identity? I don't so, know if I agree with that. I think the Jaguars uh, certainly have ballooned the identity of, of the city of Jacksonville. And I say that as an outsider. I say mm-hmm. that as a guy from Rhode Island who's been in New York, who's been in Ohio, who's been in Louisiana, and now has been here 12 years and loves this city and loves this place. But 
I couldn't tell you much about Jacksonville prior to Natron Means running the football and Jimmy Smith catching the football and Fred Taylor running the football. Sure. I couldn't tell you much. Yeah. Uh, So I think the Jaguars have every bit to do with the identity of Jacksonville, especially downtown Jacksonville. Now, there's always been Ponte Vedra and St. Augustine and other parts of this great northeast Florida, Amelia Island, you name it. But if you're talking about Jacksonville and how it's viewed outside of this city, oh, the Jaguars are a huge part of that. And I'm not sure many people would even know exactly where in Florida it is without the Jaguars. This was actually going to be my second point I was going to make here because – Jacksonville is part of the state of Florida, okay? And Florida is considered a giant tourist destination for a state, okay? If I was to go to somebody that didn't live in Florida and I said, what's the person you think about when you hear Miami? They're not going to tell me the Dolphins. They're not going to tell me the Miami Heat. They're probably telling me Miami Beach. And if you're uh, if you're 50 years old and you are a divorced dad, then there may be Pitbull. But you're not going to tell me, you know, the Dolphins. If you think of Orlando, for instance... And I ask people out of, you know, out of state, what do, the first thing you think of Orlando, what is it? They're probably going to tell me Disneyland. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, World. D- Disney World. Yep. They're not going to tell me the Orlando Magic. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay, I don't know what you'd say about Tampa Bay, really. Um, maybe you could say the Buccaneers, but I really don't think so. But Jacksonville. To me, the identity of Jacksonville is the Jaguars. I, I guarantee if I go walk on the street from some out-of-towners, I say, I say Jacksonville, first thing you think of. Probably eight times out of ten, they're going to tell me the Jaguars, right? Because I'm under the same principle, Brent. I didn't know even, to be fair, where Jacksonville was until the Jaguars, you know, came to Stevens Point. I'm like, okay, it's in Florida. Noted. I didn't know much about Jacksonville, to tell you the truth. And then the Jaguars came along, and I started following it a little bit because they were a good team right off the bat. I liked their jerseys. Um, I, I grew up watching Fred Taylor. So, like, I knew a little bit about the Jaguars and the city of Jacksonville. So I absolutely agree with you when you say that the Jaguars are a big part of the identity to the city of Jacksonville. Yeah, that's part, again, the article, I, I, I love everybody's opinions. I have no problem with opinions. And by the way, opinions are to be agreed upon or or, or not. Um, I just, I, I don't know if we're getting the full grasp of how important the, the Jaguars are to the city of Jacksonville and where it can take this city if we're not admitting that the Jaguars are a huge part of the identity of Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, again, I can just share – you share some outside stories. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's different for folks that grew up here too. But they know – I've talked to many people around here over the years that said, man, when the Jaguars got to town, this, 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 this happened mm-hmm. in terms of building and construction. Now, would that have happened anyway? Maybe. Maybe. We have no way of telling. Did it expedite that? Did it give a little bit more to it? Absolutely. Hey, have the Jaguars also made Jacksonville a little bit of a punchline at times? Yeah, fair enough. They haven't won. They have. You're right. They have done that. But it's still part of an identity. Sometimes a good one, sometimes a not so good one. (laughs) For sure. Uh, I I can just tell you, I've told this story before. When, and and this is why, this is the perception of Jacksonville at times. When I come down here 12 years ago, my buddy's like, hey, have you ever seen the show Cops? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, 
It's like they're headquartered in Jacksonville. <laughs> that was some of the identity of Jacksonville. Not sure. mine, but a buddy no. of mine. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that was with the Jaguars still here. Yeah, yeah. And now you live in Jacksonville. We all know Jacksonville, and that's not the impression you get at all. Not at all. Um, there are rough spots of Jacksonville or good parts, but bad parts. That's a city. It is a city. Right? Yeah. And there are, and so many people choose to live here for a reason. That's why we all love it. We say we love it. Mm-hmm. So this, by the way, th- th- this is not me ripping on Jacksonville. I'm just saying I, I took a little bit of notice on this article when he said the identity of the Jaguars is because of the city of Jacksonville, where I really think the identity of the city of Jacksonville is not 100% because of the Jaguars, mm-hmm. but it's certainly a damn big part of it. Yeah. Brent, I mean, it's it's just, it's the power of professional sports, right? Because if I was going to tell you what what is the identity, just pick some random city that doesn't have a, a fran- like a sports franchise. What's the identity of uh, not Omaha because they have baseball, obviously, but like what's the identity of Santa Fe, New Mexico? What, yeah. what, what are you going to tell call. me? I, hey, I, I don't know. I mean, is there desert out there? I, I honestly don't know. And that's the power. Well, you can do it in my hometown. I mean, Providence. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, the oh, identity of Providence be, is Boston's little brother. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, the only th- the reason I hear to think about Providence is the basketball team, the Friars. That, that, that's all I think about. So, and even that's sports the, related. Yeah, exactly. So I can tell you the, the food's power good and the mob was there, too. That might be For sure. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something to listen to the podcast you told me to listen to. I'm going to get on one of these days. But th- that is the power of sports and something that you cannot undervalue and you can underappreciate because it's the truth. Yeah, and and so uh, that's where I think. And listen, I'm a sports guy that thinks the Jaguars are a big part of the city of Jacksonville's identity. Eh, maybe that's a little bit of bias. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a sports guy that's lived outside of here, lived in other places, and know that the reality is being one of 30 cities is a big deal. Uh, now, I don't like when people hang that over any, anybody's head here from a fan perspective, but it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. There's no denying that. Uh, one other note, I think from, and I've looked into this a little bit today, but even in the article, uh, one other, the NFL has gone away with that tax exemption part. And I think it says down here, the team makes money not because of Khan's business acumen, but because there's a dedicated fan base here and because it's incredibly difficult to lose money in a cartel-style league that splits a large pot of re- revenue, is tax-exempt and extracts hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars from municipalities. Well, the league is not tax exempt anymore. It used to be, but it's not tax exempt anymore. So uh, unless he was referring to something else and I'm not reading it right, even that's a little bit different. Uh, so anyway, I appreciate the article. appreciate the comments. appreciate all the comments that have come in so far. But again, I think there's a lot of angst with the Jaguars organization right now with Shad Khan. Mm-hmm. And I go back to what I said on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I think other people are starting to catch on to this, by the way is there's not enough angst toward the city of getting stuff done and standing still. And that is related to the Jaguars in a big-time way. Now, whether you want to stand still or or want to move forward, that's up for debate. I mean, we can all debate those kind of things. Whether you want the Jags here, whether you want them to be a big part of it, whether you want to see this city be what it potentially could be in some people's eyes, that's up to you. Or if you want just Jacksonville the way it's been, Mm -hmm. that's fine, too. But... I think if you want to see it grow into something and be something and all those things, I think some of the angst here, and not all, but some of the angst should be on the city of Jacksonville yeah. and the inability to do anything and 
be stuck for essentially a couple of decades now. That's what I brought up Wednesday. That's what I brought up a little bit more yesterday. And I continue to say the more and more I look into it, the more and more I look around it, the more and more I look at other teams and cities and franchises, that is just as big a part of this story as the Jaguars taking another game away from the fans, which the fans should be pissed off about, for the Jaguars having a terrible, terrible, doing a terrible, terrible job of messaging on Tuesday and this week to the fans and not reaching out and putting them in the conversation and relating to the sensitivity of that. They did an awful job of that. But this should also be part of the conversation. And I get a feel it's starting to be a little bit more. Um, but it has been for us all week. Well, and, and that just goes back to my original point then talking earlier in the show here, where if the city is that big of a problem, then you have to come out as an organization and express that. I, I, I don't care if you're trying to, you know, save ties, you're trying to be on good graces. No, the, the time for that is done right now because you have a fan base who is ready to rally against you. Who, who is who is fed up and ready to go against you. So why not use the energy from the fans and kind of direct that towards the problem? If that truly is the problem. I, I just I can't state it enough where if the city is truly the reason why, you know, another game is going to London, then express that, man. Keep, keep the fans on the same page because we talk about it all the time, Brent. The miscommunication, it's just it's not going to fly in a locker room and it's not going to fly in this city. So you have to do something about it. And we have to be real with ourselves here. And you brought up the great point of, of saying how important the Jaguars are to the city of Jacksonville. Okay? Let's be honest. Jacksonville Beach, it's not Miami Beach. Okay? Miami Beach has it beat tenfold. And you know what? And that's fine because I was stressing out at Miami Beach of all the people taking selfies and everything. It wasn't my style. Let's be honest here. Jacksonville, they don't have a giant theme park like Disney World that's going to attract the tourism, okay? That's just non-existent here in Jacksonville. It is what it is. So what do you have? You have the Jaguars. You have, uh, you know, you're one of, what, 30 cities in the NFL that has a football team. So why not embrace that? Why not try to put a good product on the field and cultivate that when you're successful? It's as simple as that. Yeah, and I like what you're saying, but I think what gets interpreted sometimes of what you're saying is that goes to the fans. And so the fans believe the onus of all what you just said is on them. See, what I'm trying to say is some of the onus, and I don't think any of the onus really is on the fans. I think the fans have done a hell of a job for the last however long, and they're still paying their hard-earned money to sit out there in 110-degree heat and watch a losing team. It's not fun. They have done a great job, and this week shows how diehard and how good the fan base is because they've been loud and proud, and they've voiced their displeasure, and it's being heard. Mm-hmm. So this isn't on the fans, but my point no, yeah, just to punch home is it should be basically on the city, too, to understand that and listen in. I almost kind of feel like every time those kind of things are brought up, that it's the fan that kind of takes it and has a shield and is trying to defend <clears throat> Well, it really should be the folks downtown that should be listening to that and remembering that and figuring out where do we take this thing. I was going to go to a break, but we'll just keep it here until the top. I invite you to go back. I read an article. It's a fascinating article. I'm not going to sit there and, and go back and, and go through it all. But go to uh, a Sports Illustrated article from 2017 on how Robert Kraft basically had a deal done with Hartford. He had signed paperwork. To go to Hartford and then eventually stays in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating read 
to some of it. One, you know what's interesting is he funded the whole thing. He's the only stadium that was privately funded. But back then it was $342 million, which now you're talking about billion-and-a-half-dollar stadiums. I'm not sure he would have yeah. if that's the case. They also, I mean, he saw a lot of mac and cheese, dude. He probably could have afforded it. <laughs> they also brought up in that same time period, which I was unaware of, mm-hmm. is that the NFL and bigger cities where they were trying to keep it, so they wanted to keep it around the Boston area instead of Hartford, which was market like 27 at the time. They were offering a $150 million loan to owners to build stadiums and to make improvements, to keep it in those markets. Sure. I had no idea about that. So that was a fascinating article in that regard. But it really shows you what Hartford was trying to do. They were essentially selling their soul to craft and bringing him here on this unbelievable deal mm-hmm. to Hartford to make their city and state into something because they had lost the Hartford Whalers. Correct. So fascinating read. Really is. I invite you to go do it. 2017, I think it was in Sports Illustrated. Go read it. Really interesting read. And sometimes I wonder if it's just a read because that's where I grew up and I remember those things happening when I was in, you know, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. But I do think it's it has some relevance, but relevance not because you should be threatened that a team's moving out. Relevance because how how things can change in your city, especially when you get everything married together. Mm-hmm. You get a stadium. You get downtown development. You get winning, mm-hmm. winning, and winning. And I do think it's difficult to sign up for Brady and the Patriots and Belichick's success. But that was 20 years ago. Go look at that article. It was 20 years ago. That's not a long time. 20 years ago... What Foxborough, Massachusetts, and the New England Patriots were was a doormat of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Doormat of the NFL. And now they are almost the model citizen of the sports world. (laughs) Not just the NFL. Yeah. So it can change, but it's got to change with everybody in it. That's what it reminded me of. Mm -hmm. It's got to change, and it becomes the identity. But they've got to work hand in hand. And that's where we're at. That's the whole point of this, man. It's hit me this week is that's where we are at in Jacksonville. And if you don't understand that's where you're at, I get it. But I'm telling you, we're going to look back 10, 15, 20 years from now, and we're going to say February 2020, that's where we were at. And we either ended up here or we ended up there. And I don't know what the hell here or there is, but it's going to start with February 2020 in some degree. Make no mistake about it, though, Brent, the fact that, you know, I guess New England is kind of the epicenter now of football is because they've won ball games as well. Absolutely. You know, and that has everything to do with it. Absolutely. Like, Winning's for, a huge part well, of it, it, man. It's almost everything, man, because look at Atlanta. Like, Atlanta, they built the, the state-of-the-art stadium and everything. Like, well, guess what? They had trouble selling tickets this past season because why? The team wasn't performing well in the field. But just think, if you're Foxborough, Massachusetts, what you almost let walk out the door for the yeah. state and that city and Hartford and Connecticut, and that mayor was almost a genius mm-hmm. for trying to get it there. He just lost. Or he would have had it there and would have had these Patriots there. And would have won. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Unbelievable to think about. I invite you to read that article. It is pretty fascinating. 2017, I think it was Sports Illustrated on the Patriots and their potential move to Hartford. All right, we're going to shift uh, focus, but we can always keep this conversation going. 904-362-9901, star, star, 690. What do you think? Are the Jags a huge part of the identity of Jacksonville? Do you agree with Nate or not? In his article yesterday in Jacksonville.com. Talk about it some more if you want to. Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. 
Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. All right, we'll continue to talk about the London and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the city. Uh, and, you know, in a crazy way, in a weird way, I think this has been, <laughs> it's going to sound really bad, I think it's been a good week in the long run. Because you got to deep dive on some of this stuff. Listen, man, we talk football, right? We yeah. Talk, we, we talk the Jags stink again. They're 4-12. and 12, They're... Is, are they going to sign Jan, Minshew, Manny? That's what we do. That's the fun part. No doubt it's the fun part. And I understand there's also this stuff can get real muddy. Mm-hmm. But this is a week to talk about it because everybody's got their ears up on it. And everybody's got opinions on it. And that's fine. That's cool. Uh, and I think as you talk about it, you learn a little bit more about it. And as you learn a little bit more about it, you dig a little deeper on it. And honestly, I think some of the powers that be whether it's city-related, Jags-related, or whatever, haven't educated mainly all of us on enough of it. I think it's this underground thing that's now bubbled to the top because they moved the second game, a second home game, to London. I really do. And I don't say underground in a corrupt kind of way. I just think we don't pay attention to any of the stuff, but now we're paying attention to some of the stuff. And I don't know where it takes us, uh, but I think overall it's been a pretty good conversation, at least uh, – an intriguing one for for me, hopefully for some of the listeners too. And as we say and have said all week, and what we do every day on our show, you're more than welcome to jump in on any part of the conversation. If you've changed your mind, if you've added to it, if you haven't changed your mind, if you're still ticked off, whatever uh, voice of reason you want to present, we're here for you. Nine zero four three six two nine nine zero one star star six ninety. Just be careful if you start poking a little fun at Austin Lane. Oh yeah, uh, uh, that's dangerous. Yeah. It's all in good fun, man. If you get don't personal. poke the bear. Don't, don't poke the bear, man. You might not want to do that. Brent, hey, like I said on Twitter, man, either you're playing patty cake or you're clapping back. And and I'm from the term and I'm from the, the you know, the school that claps back. Simple as that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't mean anything personal. I just like having fun, man. Like, seriously, if someone wants to call in and talk smack to me, dude, by all means, please do. Like, I, I love that. I embrace that. I uh, am wa- looking at your shirt and I really like it. Thank you. Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Yeah. Mom got that for you? Mom got that for me for Christmas. Shout out to mom. That's really cool, Big but it got up. me thinking of something. Okay. Is it weird as a former player mm-hmm. to wear jerseys. professional sports, not just jerseys, but okay. gear? Ah, okay. I don't know why I just thought about that, but yeah. I'm like, and, and I think guys do it all the time. Like, you see... I mean, I guess you see athletes like they'll have a LeBron something on, a jersey on or whatever, yep. right? I think well, we've seen guys walk into NFL games with that stuff on before. So here's my philosophy on jerseys and, like, you know, other teams. And it's a, it's a philosophy I think like, about a lot of, like a lot of players that I've sh- uh, played with in the locker rooms. They haven't shared the same opinion because we've actually talked about it before. Where... It's cool to wear, like, you know, so say I'm from, obviously, Wisconsin, so I'm rocking Milwaukee Bucks stuff. So that's not a big deal at all, right? I think we see that all the time, whether it's with baseball and, you know, players wearing hats or, you know, that's cool. But, like, kind of what the taboo thing is and kind of like, you know, where it's like, I don't know about that, man. It's if you rock a jersey of a player who is younger than you. 
Like, for whatever uh, reason, yeah. that's like, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, man. That's, so, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Do you, yeah. So do you have a lot of, like, even me, okay? Yeah. One, because I'm not really a fan anymore of anybody. Sure. Uh, other than, Like, I am a fan of the Red Sox. Like, I, I would say, again, that's a one I say it countless times. The Red Sox can get my blood boiling. Sure. But I'm really more an enemy of the Yankees than I am a fan of the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, Like, yeah. the Yankees winning gets my blood boiling more than the Red Sox yeah. losing, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It's odd. I know it. Yeah. But I'm not like, yeah, I used to like the Celtics. I don't, I probably couldn't name seven Celtics on the team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, listen, we cover the Jags, but it's not, that's just more fun when they win. Yeah. I used to like the Dolphins and, and Dan Marino, but I like Dan Marino more than the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not a fan. Mm-hmm. But I notice that I don't even have, I have like two Red Sox shirts. I think I have a sweatshirt and a shirt, and I might even have a hat. Yeah. And outside of that, I don't have any gear. Like, I don't have... Yeah, step your game up. Like, I'll go to a place. Like, I remember we covered Tebow at uh, when he when he debuted in minor league baseball. Okay. We went from the Masters to Columbia, South Carolina, the South the Columbia Fireflies. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't Tebow-related. It was just that it was kind of a cool minor league logo. Yeah. And so I got, like, a shirt. Yeah. You know, so I actually I have the jumbo shrimp and some local teams around here. We played with the Giants. We got a sweatshirt for the Giants, right? Yeah. So, so some of that stuff's fun, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't really have a lot of that stuff. Do you even have a lot, or is that like oh, your no, only? No, I, I mean, so realistically, I probably have four buck shirts or sweatshirts. Um, I have like three or four sweatshirts or t-shirts of the Brewers. Um, obviously, I mean, I have Jaguar shirts now because I'm not really a big Packers fan. I'm more of a Jaguars fan. I, mean, I, I would consider Jacksonville my team, so I have some Jaguar shirts. So I cheer for them, obviously. And uh, when it comes to hockey, obviously the the wings. I mean, I have I have a wings beanie. Um, I have a couple wing shirts as well. And I don't have any like jerseys that that I wear of players. But if I was gonna wear a jersey of a player, and he's gotta be older than me, keep in mind, um, I'm in the market right now. I'm trying to look for. It. I'm trying to find a Darren McCarty jersey, who was a player for the the Red Wings. Red Wings. He, he was one of the More number forty, twenty five, but close. Shoot, you're all right though. Oh, I thought he was forty. I think I remember him though. Zetterberg, maybe? So, Darren McCarty, he was like, Darren McCarty was never like the prolific scorer or a great player, but he was the enforcer, and he was a shorter guy, and if you go back to probably one of the greatest hockey brawls in, in NHL history back in 97, I believe it was, when it was the Avalanche Red Wings, Darren McCarty was the guy Those were great series. who, who yeah, and that's, what, that, that's where my fandom came from, right? Because we didn't have cable growing up, so all I had was what the national TV was showing me, and I was a big hockey fan, so it was Wings Avalanche. So, it was either you're, you're an Avalanche fan, or you're a Wings fan, I took the wings all day. I feel like you're a little bit more front runner with the Brewers and Bucks. Yeah, and you were really a, wet, a Red Wings fan, top of all. Well, okay. To be fair, um, probably yeah. Because well, to be fair, that's hard to be a Wings fan right now because they're struggling. yeah, but they have so much history. Yeah, they won so much. They, they, they bought enough equity yeah. to suck for a while. In terms of the Brewers, see the Brewers. I mean, I have a tattoo in my back. It's, it's a giant okay, Brewers logo, enough. right? And I've that had, is a cool logo, though. And I've had that for a while. Thank you. And. You know, to me, the Brewers, it's about growing up. You know, it's it's about, like, being in third or fourth grade, driving from my grandparents' house, and you hear, you know, you, you hear the Brewers game on the radio, right? Like, you hear Bob Euchre calling the game, and your, your grandpa's driving with the truck in the country with the, with the windows down. Like, to me, it's more nostalgia than everything. Now, obviously, the Brewers being good recently helps out a lot, but, I mean, I've... Pretty much I've always been a Brewers fan, but it was hard because they they stunk when I was a kid. And obviously you had guys like Ken Griffey Jr. 
Alex Rodriguez, uh, Randy Johnson on the same team, the Seattle Mariners. So I think I was like every kid in the 90s where I was a big Mariners fan as Seriously, well. Seriously, the only reason I like the Brewers for about a 25-year stretch yeah. was Robin Yount Robin and Yount. Bob Uecker. Yep. That was Pretty it. much. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have Raleigh Fingers, too, don't forget. For a little uh, bit. Raleigh Fingers. That's, That's a good baseball mustache. card. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a good baseball card, yeah. I remember. And then as far as the Bucks are concerned, it's funny because I swear I would never be a Milwaukee Bucks fan after they traded Ray Allen for Gary Payton straight up. And I, I said I would never like the Milwaukee Bucks again. But then, honestly, man, with, with Giannis coming to town, um, it's so hard not to root for Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks now. So a likable team. They are, yeah. Um, so Giannis is a likable player. There's yeah. your, there's the background. So, but but I'll be I'll be honest, man. It's fun to tie your you know your your wagon to a team, man. Like it, it's fun to follow it. It kind of keeps me up to date, you know, with the NHL, the NBA, and MLB. So that's that's what's what I do. Well, well, like it, where you just said that Giannis makes the team a little more interesting. Can you say the same thing about Minshew locally for people that are just coming on board? He's great. a fun player to watch. He's got a great personality. Yep. And, you know, win or lose aside, he's an entertaining player. He's an entertaining personality, and that goes a long way. Absolutely. Here's the thing, though. If you don't win, it will be short-lived. Correct. So, That's a good point. But but it's a great point, Scott, because Minshew has national attraction. Mm-hmm. Like, Ramsey was that way. I think Fournette, to a degree, is like that way, too. But, like, Bortles wasn't that way. Bortles was more of a, you know, a, a punchline mm-hmm. from a national standpoint even though he was liked around here when he was playing well. Yeah. But Minshew has crossed the board potential, which again begs the question of opportunity for the Jags. Yeah. To say, if they are to win with Minshew at the helm, you have a chance to be the cool team. Mm -hmm. See, the Jags in 17, if they could have kept that defense together and kept rolling, could have been the cool team like Seattle was. Yeah. Well, they weren't the cool team anymore. Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City are now the cool team. Travis Kelsey will get a little cool love, but Mahomes is going to be. Oh, yeah. I he's, mean, he's the face of the NFL. My guess on everybody's birthday list, Christmas list, whatever list, yeah. if you're between the ages of 6 and 12, for sure. Is a Patrick Mahomes something? I don't care if you live in New England. Yeah. You're probably not even asking for Brady or asking for Mahomes now. That might be a little too far, but you yeah. get my point. Let me ask you this. You, you brought up Blake Bortles, right? Where he kind of had that personality where everyone was kind of keen to him, but he didn't win football games. Let me make this comparison. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Is Blake Bortles essentially, and this is a guy we talked about yesterday a little bit, is Blake Bortles essentially his personality like Rob Gronkowski without the winning? Um. Yeah, I get what you're saying because that's who he is, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing manufactured there. Yeah. Well, and he's kind of likes to party a little bit, you know, go out to the beach bars. Yeah, you get that perception, right? He's just he's just a, one of the guys. Family, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think to a lesser degree. Okay. I, I, I mean, I. I mean, Gronk is in such a. Yeah, it's really hard to tell, but Gronk is. He, now listen, I think I think Bortles would have been if he was. The guy around here. And I'm not saying he would have had to have been Tom Brady or even Gronk good. But if he was an upper echelon quarterback, top eight in the league even, and you go through the highs and lows, I think he would have been beloved here. This was a great fit for Bortles. There was no doubt. Great fit for Bortles. But hometown just not couldn't too far do from it. Here. Yeah, he couldn't do it. It's, mm-hmm. And like, like Scott brought up, I mean, Minshew is a great fit for Minshew. Mm-hmm. And he says, but he's right. Like there are not too many franchises that Minshew would go into and fit better. Mm-hmm. None. Uh, well, uh, you, maybe there are some. I, I don't know. There's got to be some. Name one. Uh, maybe even 
I mean, could he go to a Carolina? No, not not. Dude, they love NASCAR in Carolina. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carolina. He'd do better win. in Texas, maybe. Well, yeah, and I was thinking Houston. Like Dallas, is too big. Yeah, you, you got the right personality for New Orleans. New Orleans isn't maybe. a bad. New Orleans is a Jackson's bad. Jacksonville's the best fit. Best fit, hands down. The off season would go badly for him, but uh, I think Washington would be pretty good for him too, like Seattle, because I mean that's where he kind of. The whole era. So that's that's point, where, right? Yeah, that, yeah, but he, but Seattle's not really. He's more of a Washington State guy yeah. than he is Seattle he's guy. More Pullman he's Pullman no Seattle. Grunge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's no grunge. exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. He's not. He's not at all. Now listen, point. if if Russell's Mitch, a good Russell Wilson's a good fit up there in Seattle. I'll give you yeah. one. I'll give you one. If Minshew went to Oakland. Yes, I agree with that. And even in Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Vegas yep. for sure. Totally. Yeah. Vegas, he's all day. He's money. Not, not better, better, not better than, than Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Nope. Not better. That might There's be nothing better. better than Jacksonville for him, but that would be a very close second. <laughs> I don't know, nope, man. you cannot convince me of that. He is that absolutely is perfect for Jacksonville. Period. That's a tough one. But that would be a very good second place. I'm going to pose that question coming up in a minute. Right, that's a good poll question. Uh, I think we have to take a break. Can you hang around for a I break? I can. Yeah. i got to ask you this question. I've just asked everybody else. Think about it during the break. Will you watch the XFL? I'm not spending a lot of time on the XFL. But will you watch the XFL tomorrow or upcoming? Any interest? Do you have to, like, set an alarm for it? <laughs> and some, do I have to have call you to watch you have a party? <laughs> <laughs> or, or is there going to be that natural alarm that goes off and says, football, I'm in. Get me on the couch yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. All right. Talk about a little bit. Plus, Minshew, I'm going to pose that question. I like it. Better fit than Jacksonville. Is there one? No. I like it. The I answer like it. is no, but you can go ahead and pose the question. I like it. You better be listening, Brandon, Mississippi. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm NASCAR champion Kirk Bush, and you're listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brett Martineau and Austin Lane. Nothing more manly than uh, what's happening right now in the Action Sports Shack, Sunny SBN 690 Studios. Talking about stretching, talking about yoga. Uh, and I got makeup on. And you got makeup what was on. was the guy with the whiteboard at our, at our party said? Uh, Tammy Faye Bachman is what he called me. <laughs> I heard something about you go straight to the dance studio. What was that? <laughs> I think he said the bench press, but you might have been right on the dance studio. Uh, Brett Martin of Austin Lane. John Bachman joins us uh, from Action News Jack, CBS 47, Fox 30. Everybody got through last night all right. Yes, everybody did. Although we do uh, do have some reports of damage. We were covering some of that. Um, Any tornadoes? No tornadoes that I'm aware of. Um, I haven't touched base with Burrish. I, mean, I think it was just all strong wind. All right. I'll double check that. And by that. the way, I'll I said this earlier in the show, Burrish was right on the money. As he always, I mean, the, all, but a lot of times is, yes. The, the, time, yep. the timing was right. It yep. lasted for about seven minutes. And by the way, and he didn't overplay it. No. Didn't, didn't oversell it. He's the best. It was what it was. He is the best. And I don't just say that because he's a buddy of mine. He's a good friend of mine. But yeah. he is truly the best. He lives in Breeze it. He's the best. Hey, he's the best, and I don't like him at all. So, yeah, therefore, there you go. it's not biased. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's like my older brother. Emphasis on older. All right. I asked before the break, guys. Uh, XFL, you going to watch it? No. I'll check it out. Yeah. Why not? I'm intrigued. I have absolutely zero interest. I mean, to me, it's like wrestling. What else are you going to do? I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it. We'll get back to that in a little bit. But what, what else are you going to do, Brent? What else are you doing on a Saturday, man? What well, you, you know, they got the Pebble Beach uh, tournament. That's a pretty cool one to watch oh, on TV. <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and DVR know, that real quick. I'm just telling the you. The Pebble gonna... Beach tournament. Yeah. Well, is, is Tiger Woods playing in it? No. Yeah. No, he's not? Not this week. Oh, dang. 
Phil's, the, the, Phil's the, there. No, I, I'm You don't upset. care about Phil? I see plenty of him on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he does a good job. Not too, as funny as he thinks he is, so I'm going to oh. say. No, I'm kidding, dude. No, he's, he's, he's pretty fantastic. funny. No, he's, he's pretty good. funny. I'm just kidding, man. All right. Yeah. All right. But no, the way, I'm going to check it out. I think XFL is probably not as entertaining as wrestling. How about that? Well, have you seen what's happening with like the, the company that Vince McMahon owns in WWE, too, as well? No. So... Uh, in like the 52 week period, and you picture this, John, because you're a big stock guy. So their highest, um, you know, dollar value, whatever, is like a hundred something. Yeah. They've dropped down to I think it's 40 today. Yeah. Because uh, people are kind of concerned about the XFL, and they've also lost two Interesting. Uh, vice presidents of the WWE as well. So like the, the well, stock. Well, I gotta right tell now, you, the, the numbers on Friday night. The numbers time. on Friday, like tonight, we'll have wrestling on Fox. Yeah. They haven't been very good. They haven't been good. And well, I'll be and, honest, I don't. I'm not an expert in wrestling because I really don't watch it a lot. I only watch the five minutes that lead into our newscast at ten. Yeah. But I've seen dog food put on people multiple times in the limited yeah. time that I've watched. Yeah, I'm it's like, been big. Can it's you not do that? Weeks. Why do you have to do that? Why do you have to keep doing that? Well, Once was bad enough. Yeah. Multiple times, I'm out. Well, I'm glad you asked, John. So what happened was the big dog, Roman Reigns, they yes. called him the big dog. Yes. Well, they chained him to a, the post. Yes, he and did. Then poured, I saw that. Then multiple dog people, food yes. And then I was revenge. So and somebody else had to do somebody. it back. Yeah, yeah. I got a question about the stock of WWE. We're at 42.50. Right. And it was up around 100. Um, so in a in the last year it was up to 99.25. And isn't wow. Andrew Luck's dad the head of the XFL? Correct. But my point being, how much of that is the AEW? Any pressure because of the AEW? Well, uh, so, Tony Khan's biz. Yeah. So there's a few things. I'm just right? asking. No, I no, yeah. absolutely. So. And this is just hearsay. But like what I've been reading is the fact there's a couple standpoints. Number one, their deal with Fox. Supposedly Fox is not happy with what the WWE is doing right the now. The numbers are not good. The numbers That's, are not good. They were good. good for like the first week and they've Correct. been bad since. It was a billion dollar deal. Yeah. Yes. So Fox, they're, not getting, they're not getting their money's worth right now. Well, and essentially, not, not in Jacksonville. I can show you that. And essentially what Fox did was they let go of the UFC to ESPN. And they kind of uh, gambled on WWE. Ooh, so they took I MMA, see. a sport that's growing still, and they try to put hedge their bets in with WWE, and it hasn't been working out so well. So there's concern there. And then there's also concern with the XFL of how much time will Vince McMahon be spending with the XFL as opposed to the wrestling side of things. And then the other thing, like I mentioned, is that two vice presidents um, resigned uh, just out of the blue a couple weeks ago. I would I think from a stock standpoint, though, I, I wouldn't be – the XFL is a little side thing for McMahon. Man, that WWE is so big. Do you think so? Because the XFL, I mean, you could argue that this is – Something they're trying to get in place to, you know, grow into some sort of feeder for the NFL that would be bought out by the NFL with the potential to be a huge money maker for those yeah, guys. That's a good point. Well, that was part of what they were trying to do with it the first time around, also, and uh, for the intention of the work ethic of the players and everything, it was a great opportunity. But it was marketed with the idea of being a spoof sport as opposed to an actual competitive sport and that came back to bite them and that's why they were one and done after that first was season that when they had the i'm not gonna lie though i'm, I'm jumping stuff. back in he, to break out my orlando yeah, 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 rage stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Come on. he's gonna be the most popular non-nfl player of all time yeah yeah yep without right. a doubt without a doubt can you name another but, but you know what, what is his real name again Oh, I exactly. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> but at one point we knew that too, though. The other saying. guy was the Under Armour commercials, but was oh, he a we must protect the smart. <laughs> Scott knows he it. Hate me. Rod Scott Smart. Knows Rod, Rod Smart. Yeah. Does he hate me? Okay. Yeah. 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 Rod Smart. Oh yeah. 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 But uh, have you ever seen the Thirty for Thirty documentary about the XFL? No. So apparently where it all went wrong was their first couple of weeks they were killing the rating. I'm sure Scott can attest to this. But then they're on NBC. The NBC yes. dealer, and SNL 
was going live at a certain time. The game went to overtime, and they oh. actually went away from the game in overtime. Oh, they hidied it. And went to Saturday Night Live, I guess. Oh. Whatever that. Yeah. Wow. So th- that's kind of where some that. of the... That's where it started. Uh, going down. Yeah, have you heard that? Yeah, that's interesting. There was, was that, the and there of... was the whole ESPN shunning them. They wouldn't cover them. They wouldn't give them any yeah. sports updates. That doesn't help. They wouldn't yeah. acknowledge as them as, as a viable sport. As yeah. far as the wrestling's concerned, too, and again, I am no expert here, but I feel like they're missing that star caliber... You know, obviously the big names all seem to go on and do movies, uh, aka sure. The Rock and other guys. John Cena, you seen another yep. one? Mm-hmm. I don't. I I can't tell you. I don't think a yeah. single person right now, and I'm 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 as casual observer as they come. Sure. I can't tell you anybody in wrestling right now at WWE. Is there? I mean, is there some star power lacking there that might be part of the well, reason their so the numbers are down? Right. And I'm glad we're talking wrestling today, John. Thanks for hey, bringing that to the I table, help. man. Anytime. I appreciate it. Brent's wrestling music. What else can I do that would make Brent mad? I know, right? But, I tried to bring some golf, but yeah, go ahead. Finish worry, I'm so, looking into the DIA right now <laughs> seeing if they're going to approve the Glot Jays. Right. Keep going. I've got a little more digging. Looks like DIA should approve the Watt J deal. At least that's what I'm finding out. I'm on to the city council next. <laughs> city council, don't forget the school board meeting. School board meeting is going to be in next, actually. But go but, ahead. Um, so, Can we talk yeah. music? So, so with WWE, like, listen. So obviously, Ollie Wrestling helps out a lot with that too, right? We yes. talked about that. We're Tony Khan's, um, you know, new venture has kind of kept WWE on their toes a little bit, and I think WWE is kind of suffering a little bit. But the problem with WWE, and you hit it right on the head, is the lack of stars, okay? I would argue right now the biggest star in WWE is a guy by the name of Bray Wyatt, who's he's this, this heel guy, he's creepy, he does really weird promos, all that stuff. Well, let's be honest here. We're about two, three months away from WrestleMania. And last year, what were we talking about? We're talking about Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, you know, it's like the woman's revolution. These women are going to headline WrestleMania. First time in company history. I wasn't talking about it, but I'll take your word for it. People are talking about it. Okay, fair enough. You don't have that anymore. Yeah. You know, like, there is is no big story. There's no, you know, The Rock's not wrestling. John Cena's not wrestling. You don't have that face. Right. Yeah. Uh, So back to it. Yeah. On the XFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, by the way, that was very interesting about. St- I didn't realize that about the stock. Oh, there, WWE. yeah, people are panicking. Yeah, uh, and and in a market, by the way, where everything is not going that way mm-hmm. for the most part. Oh, if yeah. you look at the last year, sure. Yep. Uh, so, XFL. Here's here's my thing about it. I'm not that interested. I'm uh, mm-hmm. being totally honest. And I know people have this thirst for football, and and I'm a little bit different. By this time, I'm like, okay, it's all right. Pitchers and catchers report. Pitchers catchers report. March Madness around the corner. Yeah. I can I can live without football for a couple of days. It's okay mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. I got a little baseball tournament coming up this weekend. Not me, Ty, but it's yeah. kind of me. Yeah. Uh, so yep. uh, we all live vicariously, don't yeah. we? Yeah. So do your thing, man. I mean, we can do all those things. But I also, I was I appreciated what the AAF had done, mm-hmm. and I was all for both of these things going, but. The AAF, when it came out, I was like, wow, they're doing some good things. I like the choices they're making. I I see the smarts in this. This isn't like this just gimmicky, dumb thing. And then poof, within five weeks, six weeks, it was it was but, gone. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't have the power and I, the I, money, though, I Brent. get it, but it yeah. looked the part. And I it understand didn't. the money part, XFL, it's, it's Vince McMahon, it looks the part. It has Oliver Luck. But I'm going to wait a little bit to see if I should buy into it mm-hmm. because of what I just saw with the AAF. Yeah. Well, and what's and happened with the XFL in the past? What's happened with the XFL in the past? Now, the best thing for the XFL here now is that it doesn't have the AAF. See, I thought that was bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't think two of them should be going yeah. at the same time. That didn't right. make much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Not when we don't even know if it will work. Uh, but 
the fact that now there's only one of them, and maybe it will work. And again, I'm not this big. I'm not a snob when it comes to quality of football, all that stuff. I think it's great for all these guys that are getting a chance. I think some of the name value would be like, hey, that's pretty cool. We saw so and so. You know, he's playing in the league. Oh, that's yeah. I remember him. That's fine. All that stuff is fine. Uh, but I'm gonna just wait and see, and I'm not itching to see. Uh, if you don't mind, if you like it, go ahead and tell us all well, about it. But I gotta be honest with you. I'm gonna come in here Monday, and I'm not going to have ha- I'm not going to have watched. The yeah. XFL most likely on Saturday. So if you're expecting a breakdown <laughs> Monday of the XFL, I'll see, I'll see what I can do, man. It will probably be Let's Austin. Go to the wall that says it all, baby. We're breaking down every single team, <laughs> strengths, weaknesses, and my predictions for each team. We should do that just for fun. <laughs> can you even sure. name the teams? That's what I want to know. No, I, I can't name them. I can't. All, all I know is the Tampa Bay Vipers, really. Vipers is the yeah. only one I know of. Well, and it's funny, right? Because the Super Bowl is the most watched TV show, you know, in Period. Period. In you know, in, in the entire world, in this country, they love football. We love college. We love high school football. Yeah. We love college football. We love the NFL. Okay. And the XFL comes along, and one would think, well, okay, it's it's an alternative. Obviously, it's not professional NFL, but it's something to keep us tied over yeah. until you know something else comes along. Quench the thirst. But I just think. I don't think it's going to make either, to tell you the truth, because you don't have the traditions, right? Like, I grew up with the NFL. I grew up with the Green Bay Packers, and I grew up with Wisconsin Badgers, and, like, those values and traditions were passed down to me. Like, to say, to start from scratch and be like, all right, we're going to pass down the Tampa Bay Vipers to my son, and then it's just, it's hard to believe that's going to happen, especially in an age now where there's so much to watch on TV, there's so many options, and we live, you know, in the social media era of just like these 20-second highlights, you're not going to actually watch the full game, probably. I just, it's hard to see this thing happen. And we're not fooled on gimmicks, you know, so if it's something that's just kind of being marketed to us because it's going to be a play and it doesn't look genuine, but we need to get by a little bit of that too it has to have some lasting power some staying sure. power to become accustomed to so i'm all for hey listen i'm oh, not rooting against it yeah i, I really am not hey more, more, more guys playing football man that's by right all means. and is there does that become a feeder system into the nfl hey maybe it is we all say maybe they should have one of those yeah. hey fellas the, not the, for nothing but that is the los angeles wildcats and the houston roughnecks that are playing saturday like it that. is the tampa bay vipers and the new york guardians and these games will be featured prominently on fox 30 the <laughs> they are Fox Start 30. Well, well, done. Okay. well done. Hold on, I've done a 180. Company man. You cannot afford to miss the LA Wildcats. Is Goldie Hawn are you coaching the Wildcats? <laughs> <laughs> But nice, nice. Well that's done. Good that's pretty right good. There. I haven't gotten that good. one myself. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. But I've never seen the movie, but I get it. I know what you're wow. talking about. I've never seen it, dude. I'm, I'm 32 years old. Come on. It's a classic. You have to be. Never seen. Have it. you seen Caddyshack? Of course, man. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not on that level, but yeah. it's there. It, not even close. John. All right, come on now. All right, you might actually have a small sense of enjoyment. Okay. In- in that movie, that. Okay. Yeah. at least a couple scenes. <laughs> okay, noted. One or two of them. Noted. All right. And, uh, listen, <laughs> hard, hard to say that coming off the Super Bowl <laughs> performance. But yeah, what yeah, kind of yeah. scenes are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the one last thing I do. Here's what we are snobs in this sense. Mm-hmm. We as society like the best of whatever it is. So very few, unless you're a diehard, like you'll watch the undercards. Of the MMA, of, of UFC, of, of all those things. You, you'll keep track of that. Oh, we won't as yeah. a population, as a casual viewer or whatever. Yep. We'll see McGregor, mm-hmm. Khabib, yep. you name it. Yep. NFL is the NFL. Mm-hmm. College football, we want to see what? Power five schools most of the time. Mm-hmm. Huge snobbery when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
wrestling. We want to see the big names. We don't want to see the guys we don't know the and, names of. And yep. again, we don't watch the NBA D League or G League or whatever the heck it's even <laughs> yeah, called now. Yeah. Right? Uh, ba- basketball at the masses, they watch March Madness because that's where the best teams are. Right. Correct. Right. So that's why we have struggles with this. And even March Madness, we know it's. By the way. Yeah, we know it's secondary. You know, we just know even in football, this feels secondary. It's it's not the best of the best. And I think as a society, as a sports fan, I think we have an issue with that. I agree. Whether it's a a vocal issue or not, it's at least a subconscious one where we want to see the best of the best. And the standard has been set in so many different ways in so many different sports that we know when you're kidding us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you you made a fantastic comparison. Like, this is like the undercard to the NFL, right? And I'm going to be the guy that watches the undercard of the NFL or the undercard of a UFC event. But let's be fair, though. You're putting the undercard prime time. You're, you're, you're hyping the undercard like it's the must-see TV mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not something I can come with you on. All right? Now, maybe eventually if the undercard can come up a little bit and these teams do develop a personality and they do have the star players, but right now where it's sitting, I'm not going to tune in prime time to watch an undercard. All right. Well, Fox is betting against that. So, yeah. you know, tune in on Saturday and yeah, see for if sure. Fox has got it right or not. Let's go Vipers, baby. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, just to finish my thought quickly on March Madness, I don't think they're pulling back on March Madness. Yeah. But, I mean, there used to be you'd watch all the games on CBS for, like, yeah. the whole day. And now you get a couple games on CBS. The rest are dispersed through various cable partnerships. Yeah. So, you just, you know, even even there, you're only getting a handful of the games on actual CBS. Absolutely. Which is different. It's totally different and something I still can't get used to. I mean, I remember yeah. when I was in high school, we'd, we'd be, you know, my teachers would may or may not have brought TVs in so that we could watch the games. I mean, oh, dude, like I'm with from you, man. Yep. wall to wall. Yep. And you'd just be watching thing. basketball the entire time. We did the same thing in and high school. Like now, you now you don't do that unless you got cable. And you yeah. know, I mean, this now, is this so is so get off their cell phones now. Right? Get off my lawn, but the cell phones and the technology and all this stuff have actually hurt. March Madness, in my opinion, probably yeah. there was like a beauty to March Madness yeah. when they would go to the four screen. Yes, yeah, and, and and you that was the first peak you were getting in at that game. Yeah, oh, and it was coming like down the wire. Left and there yes. were yeah, four pictures going on. It was like the red TV. zone the, before yeah. the red zone was invented. I mean, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It, it was that. Right. There was something to it. There was a beauty, a charm about it, or a romance to it, and now it doesn't exist. Yeah, and you know what? It's not better because now we can watch every single minute of every game. Yeah. So there's not reality there. Yeah. But there is something like they took that from our childhood. They did. A little bit. You feel old now, don't you? In some of those respects, yeah. But I don't really feel that old. Uh, What do you got coming up tonight? CBS 47, Fox 30. All right. We've got a couple kind of, well, two crazy stories. One crazy good, one crazy not so good. I'll get which one you want first. First not of so all, good. I'm going to say that's a theme of the week. Not so good. Probably, you. probably the favorite tie I've seen you wear. And wow. You, you, you don't wear bad ones, but I like that tie Thank a lot, Thank you very man. much. I appreciate that. Styling. Thank Brent, you. Thoughts? That's all right. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think it looks cool. <laughs> what did you expect from yeah, Brent? Come on. Yeah. All right. Crazy good or crazy wild? Crazy wild. All right. Crazy we'll wild. lead it off with crazy wild. First grade teacher in Duval County accused of trying to buy meth while on her lunch break. That's wild. That's an interesting use of time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think wow. it's, I mean, it speaks to, I mean, if we're being honest, it's kind of sad, right? That's very sad. It's yeah, really sad. Obviously, that's a big problem. Uh, yes. Shaping our nation's youth. And, and <laughs> it's she, because they got rid of I Common mean, Core. feeling the need to, to do something like that, which is awful. All right, let's move on to some crazy good. You ready for this? Yes. yes. 17-year-old rescued his family from a fire, and we are going to be able to talk to him via uh, FaceTime, I believe. 
from the hospital. He's he's okay, yeah. but he's still recovering from I think smoke inhalation. Going in and getting his brothers and sisters. Wow. I mean, there were like four Dang. or five of them. And and then on top of that, firefighters were able to use something around the house to go and get. He couldn't get to his two-year-old brother or sister. I, I think it might be his sister. His two-year-old sister was in another part of the house. He couldn't get her. So the firefighters got there. They used this certain something and were able to get her out of the house, too. So everybody's okay. Wow. But wow. we talked to the 17-year-old who was a uh, man of the house to go in there and get his brothers and sisters. Can you imagine going back to school after saving your family? Right? The kind of reception you're going to get? I would hope Any prom date you want? I would any get, homecoming date you want? You should come, come in, walk in there with a cape. Oh, for sure, Walk in man. there with a cape. For sure. Well, like, awesome. listen, sometimes I feel like, you know, if you play some of those scenes out in your head, you feel like you're in a movie, right? Yeah. And, like, I've... you see some of that movie stuff. And mm-hmm. movie in real life is totally different when you get into that kind of situation. But that is straight out of a movie. Yeah, I mean, that's how movies are made with a kid like that doing that's awesome, that. That's awesome. Yep. So, uh, everybody's so heard, everybody worked I'm glad out to hear well. everybody's okay. Yep. The firefighters did their job. We're able to get, uh, well, they always do their job. But this time they got there in time that's and we're able exactly to help right. out. And, uh... And that young man, wow, what a story. Awesome. And then, of course, tonight, Night to Shine, Tim Tebow's event. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. So we're yeah. going to have a live report coming up at 5 as they get ready for the red carpet stuff. Is that the veterans? Uh, Vice uh, Store? I don't know where it I is. I think that's where they hold it. It's so big they now. Got, pretty they, sure. they, well, they've outgrown all the other places. I do know that, but I don't know exactly. I should know, but I don't know. I don't know where we're going to have a live report tonight at 5 o'clock, but we will have a live report from said event. Don't know where it is, but it might be veterans. Well, I don't the know. coolest part of Night to Shine for Tim Tebow, and and one of the most amazing things that he has ever accomplished in his team and and everybody else and his name and brand is to be able to have that night on about seventy five different countries. It is remarkable. Oh, it's like a that. global event. It's now. a global yeah. event. He was cool. just in like Indonesia. Was it last week or something? Yeah, and um, I mean, I think they now do it over a couple. But they, they do. They, they, yeah, like it's not just in Jacksonville it today. Is, is my point. Bigger. In fact, I, we don't even know for sure if Tim's going to make it today because it is. Is so big and yeah. he's been all he over. He picks different spots yes. to go to. That's right. That's right. really cool. Very awesome. cool. It's going to be a great event. And, you know, we cover it every year, but every year you're just like, oh, man, this is so great. And I think we've, I think Amber Kriska is doing it. And Amber is Amber's like, great at it. Yeah. we call Amber Oprah downstairs. She is, <laughs> she's our Oprah. She gets, I mean, she gets she people. Has the skills. To, she has the skills to just tell a story. She gets people to talk to her and open up and just be real with her. She's fantastic. And I think she's doing the story. She's definitely doing it for the lights. I'm not sure if somebody else is covering it for five, but uh, you want to tune in for that. It's always right. good. I like CBS it. 47, right, Fox 30, and uh, check out John Bachman, Tanika Hughes, Mike Burrish, and uh, I'll be on TV tonight. Check out that tie, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, that's check right. That Thank tie. you. It's a good tie, it. and I won't have one as nice. I know that. Yeah. What are you going to do, Brent? Now, maybe I just can't won't wear one. If I'm going to fail oh. and lose the race, okay. I just won't wear one. Oh, okay. Just like the towel. It's Friday. It's Friday. I like that. Friday. I like that. Friday, whatever you want. We will get to a point in TV yeah. where we're doing I, the shows in jeans hey, and a for the, for the record, For the record, first time this has ever happened to me in my 23-year career, that Super Bowl commercial that you said you liked so much, <laughs> I did. <clears throat> I wasn't wearing a tie. I, I had a tie on, yeah. and the promo guy said... How do you feel about not having a tie on? I said, I'm good with that. Love it. Yeah. And and he said, let's let's do that. And so that was the first time awesome. as as first time as a newsman that somebody actually said lose the tie. Usually, growing especially when I was younger and I looked really young, they're like, dude, put a tie on. Yeah. 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 Put a tie That's on right. yeah. and try to try. act a little older than you than you look. That tie have might you add seen six the commercial yet, Brent? I have. Oh, Did man. You know, the commercial was great. Yeah. By the way, it's I so didn't crazy. tell you guys this. I was going to try to put the commercial on our feeds, just so, but if you haven't seen it, I'm, I'm sure it's still playing, right? Oh, yeah. it's still CBS playing. I saw it last Earth. night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, I got home, and I mentioned something about the commercial, 
or maybe I even didn't. And Ty and Kaylee and Steph were like, did you see the commercial right. you guys had on TV? Steph, by 20 years into this thing, she is like a TV consultant. Yes. Like, she yes. knows the business. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, she gave that an A+. Plus. She yeah, was like, it's the best one I've ever seen. You, you absolutely swear That's this, That's outstanding. John. You yeah. absolutely swear And the kids bang. were even like, the whole time oh. I was like, come on, John, watch with my son. I'm like, what are you trying to freak us out I for? I know. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, Rowan, do you see that? Sometimes there's different angles, man. Like, you're, you're teaching life lessons <laughs> we, out here, John. Again, if we titled that commercial, it would be called The Creepy Hero. Yeah. Yep. That, is, that is what it's all about. All right, so, well, you got a real hero tonight on we CBS got a 47 real and Fox hero 30. coming up In a couple different ways. Yeah, That's cool. Yep. We'll check it out. Thanks, John. Appreciate Oscars for the commercials, Brent? What's that? Do they make like Oscars for commercials? They do actually. I'm sure the promotion team will have like a a telly or something like that. Well, I think there's actually. I mean, I think you can win an Emmy for that too. I think our our promotions department will. I will win. Listen, I'm not winning anything. Hey, hey, get that speech ready. Put your name on it. I'm not winning anything. I'm not paying for that. When you deliver the speech, just don't wear the tie. Do what I was told, man. Hey, they deserve it. All right. I mean, yes. There's directors and everything, but Joaquin Phoenix makes the Joker. Without oh, him, there okay. is no Joker, dude. You're saying, okay. Without you, there is right. no commercial, right. man. Right. Don't I, sell I, yourself short. Austin is my new agent. I got I you. I haven't Love done what guy. I was told to do in 20 minutes, and that's take a break. <laughs> so let's do that. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. How about do we give away some tickets since we're up against it uh, to Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. Yes. Got a couple tickets to give away. Call 904-362-9901. John, you name the number, man. We'll go eight. Eight. Caller number eight. My voice just cracked. Caller number eight. 904-362-9901. Star, star 690. I need a breathe right strip. That's fine. Brent's on the IR. Me and John will come back. More music talk. More music. Let's do it. <laughs> Good tease. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Morton of Austin Lane. Scott in for Coos here on a Friday. Hope you're having a good day. Kind of a cool day, but a nice day I in like Jacksonville, it, man. right? I'm you like this, this day. Yeah. Hey, last night, a little too toasty for my liking, especially in the training aspect. Yeah, good point. Okay. Are you going outside training at all? Uh, well, yesterday the, the doors were open and everything like that, so the humidity was there. It was prevalent, and we were sparring, so it was a, it was a sweaty one. But, um, yeah, I, I prefer these temperatures right here. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have Nate Monroe coming up in just one moment, but you got a fight coming up. I mean, I it's official, I'm right? Announce it. Yeah, I mean. Can like, we say anything the, yet? Yeah, I mean, the, why can't we break? Why can't you break your own news? Well, do you want me to break it? I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to break it or not. Uh, they haven't really announced it yet, but, like, it's official. Like, I signed the contract. So let's do it then. Let's do it. March, when is it? March 6th, Friday. I think it's March 6th. It is. Yeah, March 6th, Friday, uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas, road trip. It's going to be the LFA, yeah. So uh, those of you that don't what know. What is the, the LFA? So the LFA, it's um, it's a bigger promotion that I've been fighting for recently. Um, the LFA is kind of considered like the feeder system um, to the UFC. For example, Brent, and I'll break it down later on the show, but there's a UFC event this weekend. Um, both There's two there's two people fighting, and so there's, there's two championships up for grabs here, right? And 
two of those people fighting for those championships came from the LFA. So it is definitely uh-huh. a feeder system nice. like it. for the UFC. Yes. All right, let's get that W. Yeah, we'll talk we'll more about it. Yeah, you know, we'll here, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. What I like to do is tease the fact, float the fact out there that you're still fighting in the MMA when we get a guy like Nate Monroe coming on the show here. <laughs> I just want to set that hey, up. I'm not going to fight your battles. I got no problem with Nate, Be careful what man. you say, Nate. Be careful what no you say. I got no problem with you, Nate. This, this, is a, this is a Brett Martineau shindig. If he's got a problem with you, he can handle it himself. <laughs> What's up, Nate Monroe? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys? Good. Uh, good. Thanks for jumping on. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, Nate Monroe from Jacksonville.com wrote an article, or column, I should say, um, getting after Shad Khan and the Jags a little bit. Hey, take us behind your thoughts. I, I know you've been... Well, let's let's be honest. If folks don't know who you are from our audience, you're kind of a rising star in Jacksonville. You've uh, you've gotten a lot of attention lately, and a lot of it has been pointed at the mayor's office and the city of Jacksonville and, and officials. You don't often delve into the sports side of things, but you did yesterday. Uh, tell us why. Um, well, thanks, man. I I appreciate that uh, that little intro. I- Maybe overly generous, but I appreciate that. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up the point about Austin. I will not be arguing with you, man. Billionaires <laughs> and mayors are those guys are easy. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, we're we're all good. You know, we're, yeah, we're um, all good, dude. You're, no worries about it. <laughs> no. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've been a. I, I came here in 2013, and I was hired as a reporter and covered City Hall um, since you know over the last like seven years or so, and really have focused on city hall, but sometimes the city and the Jaguars um, have a significant intersection with one another. Uh, and so I probably for the first time in like five months and writing about something other than JEA. Um, I mean, I guess if I had to distill the problem into as simple a, a, a statement as I can, I, I mean, I think, I think the issue is that Shah Khan carries himself with, a certain like aloofness about Jacksonville that really does not serve him well. Um, I think it, it creates suspicion in the fan base. I think it creates PR stumbles on their part. And I think in this particular case with the second London game contributes to a, a bad decision and an unfair one. Nate Monroe with so, us. That was a long sentence. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Nate Monroe with us from uh, Jacksonville.com uh, wrote uh, a column yesterday about the Jaguars in the second game. Listen, here's where, uh, of course, we're all giving our opinions, uh, so I appreciate all opinions, all sides of it. And what we have said this week is we, we knew the fans would react this way. We thought mm-hmm. the fans would react this way. We Nobody likes anything being taken away from you, and it's almost a good sign yeah. that the fans are showing how much they care about this football team, how much they care about games, despite one winning season in the last dozen years or so. Uh, and so the move can certainly be criticized in question. What I've even criticized a bit more is the messaging and how it went out there instead of showing a little bit more sensitivity to the fans and what they might experience. I think the Jags misread that uh, in a big time way so i i think all of that is what we've seen this week and i think uh you've seen it too what i'm interested in is we see it from a sports perspective you kind of live in a, in a different realm sometimes how important do you think the jaguars are uh, not you personally but the people of jacksonville think the jaguars are uh to the city of jacksonville I mean, I think they're. I mean, I think they're one of the most important things to the city of Jacksonville. 
the city spends more money on you know supporting the Jaguars than it does almost any other priority, and that'll be especially true if the Lot J project gets city financing and down the road when the stadium gets financing. I mean, there is, aside from, you know, big projects like building that giant courthouse or funding the budget for police and firefighters, there are not many things the city spends money on in the in the hundreds of millions. Uh, so without a doubt, it's, I mean, it's one of the most critical priorities the city has. Nate Monroe with us from Jacksville.com. Uh, Brent Morton of Austin Lane here, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Here's my contention the last couple of days, Nate, and you don't have to agree with it uh, at all, but my contention is I don't know if the city is getting enough of the blame per se. I, I don't know who that would actually be, but in lack of movement. You know, a lot of people believe Shad Khan and this London game, and they've said it's a money grab, money grab, money grab. What I said yesterday, I think it's a movement grab in a way. Uh, and I don't think you can discount money. It's a business. And he's a billionaire. But I do think it's about movement and a lot of standing still in Jacksonville. While he, over the last five years, has tried to get something going, tried to get the shipyards going. Well, the land too toxic. It's going to take too much. Okay, let's go to Lot J. Well, let's try to get that going. And on the other side of it is you just don't have too many people over the years in Jacksonville that have been willing to spend this kind of money to at least be a catalyst of it. Sure, he will have the opportunity to make money off it, too. But we just don't see too many folks with over $200 million trying to put their money into it. So... I guess my curiosity now is, will the city get some of this blame for even the Jags making this move to bring another home game to London? And what I eventually believe, Nate, is a is a leverage play. Definitely a leverage play. I guess where I, I guess where I do disagree with you a little bit is I'm not sure that this decision is is the fault of the cities in any way. I mean, look, when the Jaguars have made big asks of the city. And just a few years ago, the Jaguars asked the city to approve $45 million to build, you know, the amphitheater and the flex field and then included some improvements to the suites in the stadium. The city passed that legislation on an emergency track. Uh, so a fast-tracked it, approved it. Um, and the Jaguars, uh, what they were saying about the amphitheater is the same thing that they're saying now. Uh so they build the amphitheater. It's been open for a few years. They're making money. Uh, and now it's like we're back to square one as if, and they're talking as if, you know, the, the, the city doesn't, I don't know. I, I mean, there's just something that's like sort of missing from this. Um, and I think it just might be a lack of transparency on the Jaguars part. I mean, Mark Lamping didn't tell the city a few years ago, Hey, by the way, when you give us this 45 million, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to rip a second home game away from you. Um, and as for the Blot J development and the shipyards, I think there's probably blame to go around on the delay on that project. Um, I mean, I think the Jaguars have had changing interests in different pieces of, of that land uh, and have had different asks of the city. Some of them were quite significant asks uh, just in terms of like financing and what the city was going to need to give up. So I, you know, I, I am no apologist for the city 
Uh, <laughs> that but, certainly hasn't yeah. been the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my frustration with you know the city at this point, or at least with the mayor, is like I, I kind of want to see a little bit more skepticism from them about losing the second game. Yeah, do you think, by the way, and Austin, I didn't want to jump in here, but good? Two, two real big thoughts on that, and then I'm going to get to the identity part because that was the one I got hung up on and, and, and disagreed yeah. with the big time. But the how much did the JEA decision to go not to Lot J maybe like a year and a half ago and then the recent mess that uh, you guys have uh, helped un- un- uncover a bit maybe delayed some of this? How much did that play a role, do you think, uh, in that regard? And I guess the second question will be, and, and I can hit you back on this if you forget about it, but do you think yeah. if Lot J gets approved, they will ask and say, hey, you can not have two games over there in London? And is that fair of the city to do that? Yeah. Let me ask, so I'll do the second part first. I mean, I think the city has to extract some kind of concession from the Jaguars in ex- before they give – this, you know, it's almost like a quarter of a billion dollars in incentives, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I don't know if that should take the form of a lease extension, uh, which would probably be my preference or, yeah, I mean, getting them to agree to bring this game back. But I, I mean, I, I think it would be a huge mistake for the city to, to just give the money up and not address this kind of uncertainty. Um, I think they have to. Uh, on the JEA part, I mean, look, people, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of mystery about why JEA was being sold. There, I've never seen a document that said the JEA sale proceeds would go toward Lot J, but I think it's a fair assumption that if the city got a bunch of money or, you know, had paid off debt and then had a bunch of financial flexibility, that that would have helped the Lot J project to some degree. Um you know, I don't know that they should not have been connected. Um, you know, certainly if the mayor was planning to use JEA proceeds to pay for Lot J, he should have made that argument, uh, or somebody should have, but that was never the stated reason for trying to sell JEA. So, I mean, I hope that was not or has not been any part of the holdup, and I'm not sure that it that it was. Yeah, and I guess one thing just to clarify, too, is JEA – was in the mix to be a tenant in Lot J. And then right. they went through that whole process, and I forget exactly where they are downtown now, where, that, where they're going. Um, I think they're still going there. But I wonder how yeah. much that delayed, because I think the Jags' expectation, I remember the Jack, Mark Lamping and uh, being frustrated with that outcome. And so they thought that was maybe a domino to happen uh, with tenants, because they want people to reside there. They want employees to reside there, right? That mixed use. They want people eating lunch down there. They want people living there, young business professionals. Hey, man, Rashad can take Flexingate and make uh, Delat J the new headquarters of, uh, you know, it's like Florida division. I mean, I, I I was sort of a critic of the concept that JEA might have been the anchor tenant at Lot J because that would that just would have been another kind of hidden public incentive for this project that's already going to get, um, you know, like I said, I mean, just the, the straight subsidy itself is going to be almost a quarter of a billion dollars. And that is, I mean, that is just a staggering amount of money. So, Nate, I want to go back to what Brent was mentioning a little bit because it's something that we've kind of been echoing all week since the news was announced that the Jaguars are going to have two home games in London. And, and that's the standpoint of how much is to blame on the city. 
And I disagree a little bit with Brent on this stance where if you're shy, kind and I understand, you're, the fans lose two games, so there's going to be anger, and you have to point the finger at somebody. And the finger to point at is obviously Shad Khan because he's the guy that's calling the shots. If you're Shad Khan, though, and, and this kind of proves my argument where is it more of Shad Khan than the city? If you're Shad Khan, shouldn't you point the finger back at the city and be like, you know what? I'm trying everything in my power to make this work, and the city's not cooperating. Like, from that standpoint, don't you think it would make a lot of sense for Shad Khan to maybe put the blame a little bit on the city to try to get fans a little outraged and kind of transparent of what's going on? I mean, I guess he should do that if that's really the reason he's moving the, you know, the, yeah. the second home game. I just, I, I think my hang up on that is like, I don't think that, I think Shot Khan is doing this because he just wants to make a little more money. I, like I was saying earlier, I don't, I don't know how the city is at fault for this. And I actually think it's a kind of a disingenuous thing for them to do while they're also preparing to make this huge ask uh, for Lot J. I mean, they did not – I mean, they have not said anything in the last few years about some sort of financial crisis that was going to force them to make a dramatic decision like this. They just sort of did it. Um, and to your point earlier, Brent, like, you know, when I, I heard you guys talking earlier about the column, I mean, that's, again, why I, I – I don't really know what to go after the city for exactly. This is a decision Shad made. And, you know, they talk about, the, you know, they use terms like stability, stabilizing the franchise. Well, he's the one who gets to define that. I mean, in his mind, I mean, is, is stabilizing the franchise the difference between like a 14% profit margin and a 20% profit margin? I mean, I don't know. We have limited data to work with on that. And I don't, you know, if it's just a question of a, you know him wanting to make more money, well, I don't think that's a compelling enough reason to take a second home game away. Yeah, and I don't think I would either, and that, that's why I think it is bigger picture than that in my belief. But again, there's a lot of different opinions on this. Most people actually in, in this week have uh, would agree with you. Uh, it's it's a money grab. I just can't. I, I just don't see all this for a ten to fifteen million dollar potential money grab from a billionaire. I do think local revenue is an important part of that, and I know we're not supposed to know all that stuff in economics. We've talked about football games and Gardner Minshew and scoring touchdowns and not local revenue, <laughs> but I do think local revenue there is some validity to it. And I also believe last week at the Super Bowl, you know, Buffalo got squeezed by Roger Goodell, the commissioner. They got the squeeze put on them with some of his words because of their stadium and their place right now in the NFL, which is a bottom feeder in terms of revenue, stadium, all the rest of it. You know who's next in line getting the squeeze from the NFL is going to be Jacksonville, whether we like it or not or agree with it or not. That's going to be the next thing in line. All right. Hey, I know you're uh, on the road and I want to make. Uh, yeah, well, oh, go ahead. I, was just go ahead. I apologize if you can hear a dog in the background. No, that's all right. Uh, Everybody's not in the welcome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one thing one thing I'm not going to do is invite somebody on and call in and, and then rip them to shreds. But I did have one big issue with your article, and that is sure. identity. If I read it correctly, you were insistent on the Jaguars' identity is Jacksonville. And I guess you're more of a homegrown guy, if I'm not mistaken. I'm more of an outside guy who's been here a dozen years and I would have a hard time knowing Jacksonville for what it is without the Jaguars. Therefore, I'm a big believer that a huge part of the identity of Jacksonville is this football team. Yeah, and I think that that's – look, like, I, I think that is a fair enough point 
first for just transparency sake, I, I actually grew up in New Orleans, so I, I am a transplant as well. Okay, my bad. Um, my bad. And a and a Saints fan. But uh, <laughs> hey, um, hey, as long as you're not a Titans fan, man, I'm hanging up on you if you're a Titans fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no worries on that, man. Um, I, I think that's a fair point, and I'm not going to try to talk you out of that. I guess what I was trying to impart there more than anything is that Jacksonville has a team. The Jaguars exist because the city fought to get them. And I think the fact that Jacksonville is a small market team with an NFL franchise is a testament to Jacksonville. But instead of being looked at that way, I think the fact that it's a small market gets used against the city. And I think the Jaguars, you know, the move they made uh, this week sort of feeds into that perception. Um, and that's, to me, that is like the, the point that I, I really want to drive home about it. Um, the, the Jaguars exist because of the city. It is not the other way around. So, sure, you can move them. Um, but I think that disrespects the, the, the very reason that this team is here in the first place. Nate Monroe with us, uh, kind enough to join us. We appreciate him from jacksonville.com. You can follow him, by the way, at Nate Monroe, T-U, on Twitter. I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, last two questions. Does Lot J get approved sometime in the next few months by the DIA and then and obviously the uh, city council? And if it does not, how concerning is that for the future of the Jaguars, do you believe? I do think it will get approved. Um, I think the city council might take a hard look at it and might not approve it on quite a fast, as fast a track as the Jaguars might hope for, but I think they'll approve it. If they don't, um, yeah, I think that could be a significant, it could be a significant issue. Um, and that's going to be part of this discussion. Absolutely. I agree with you too. I think this is a major issue. If uh, things don't get approved and we could be button heads, not you and me, but I think, the organization and the city and maybe even the fans involved uh, for the foreseeable future here in Jacksonville. Hey, man, thanks for joining us. I know you're on the road. I appreciate you taking some time. And I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right. That's uh, Nate Monroe from Jacksonville.com. Of course, Times Union. Follow him at Nate Monroe, T-U. Uh, he's got strong opinions. Good writer. Yeah. And I like that he came on and, and would talk about it, even though we don't agree on, on everything. Uh, good stuff uh, with Nate Monroe. That's what we've been doing all week. We mm-hmm. haven't agreed on everything. Mm-hmm. I like that we continue to talk about everything. And I did say something. We're going to take a break here. We're way behind. Uh, sorry, Scott. But uh, I mentioned the Buffalo thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's legit. We heard it last week. Com- NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, in so many words, basically said, hey, Buffalo, it's time to sure. catch up with the rest of the NFL. Yeah, And so – Again, something I'm not sure we can fully understand, and I don't even, I'm not saying I fully understand, and I'm not saying fans should understand, but how much of a squeeze behind scenes is the NFL putting on Shad Khan, Mark Lamping, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or are they trying to get out in front of this a little bit because the squeeze is coming? Yeah. I think the tea leaves are adding up to the squeeze is coming from the NFL. Sure. And you don't want to be put in that position too late in the game. Because then you're talking about something that could come down to a couple of years of trying to get things done instead of seven to ten years of trying to get things done. You get what I'm saying? I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And the last thing you want is for Jacksonville to be the, the next team to be squeezed. I understand what you're saying completely. 
Keep in mind, though, the Buffalo Bills, yes, they're getting squeezed by Roger Goodell right now, and it's like, hey, you better step your games up because the times there are changing. But at the same time, even though they are getting squeezed, they're still raising ticket prices by 4.6% in 2020. Okay? Do you know why? Because they've gone to the playoffs two of the past three years, and they can afford to do that because the demand is there. So I think, yeah, eventually, obviously, Buffalo's got to make the proper accommodations and the proper changes, but the fact that they can raise their tickets right now with no public outcry, it's a good sign for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, the Jags were in that situation in 2017. What will yeah. be interesting, again, winning does cure a lot of this now. Mm-hmm. And the Bills have won a couple years. Maybe the time is now for Buffalo. And I, honestly, I, I should look into it more. I'm going to look into that more this weekend. I don't know what their situation is. I know their stadium stinks. Yeah. It's awful. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where the city and the new owners, the Pagulas, yeah. stand on the whole getting a new stadium, renovating a new stadium. And I do know this. Toronto is just up the road. Well, and that's it's a lot farther for the Jags to yeah. be going to London for a couple of games than it is for Buffalo to take it to Toronto. Now the Pagulas have been on record saying they don't want to do that game or two in in Toronto. No. Well, want and necessity could become a different thing when the NFL starts knocking on your door. I hear you, man. But once again, like if you can afford to raise ticket prices and there's demand, there's no need for Toronto. And I have some friends that live in Buffalo, and I guess what they're trying to get at is they want to see a new stadium. Possibly downtown, because you know where Orchard Park yeah, is, yeah. kind of out of the way a little bit. Middle of nowhere, yeah. They, what, what they want to do is, well, at least what my friends want them to do. I don't know if this is what the, the whole city's echoing, but they would like to see a city, right? I'm sorry, a stadium right downtown, because like we talk about, the, the lifeblood of any major city is the downtown area. Well, since I'm now a stadium and city franchise connoisseur this week, maybe I'll read up on Buffalo a little bit. I like it. Because they're interesting. Uh, They are in that bottom percent with the Jaguars. How are they handling it? Mm -hmm. And with a couple of winning seasons. But that turns in a hurry. You know, Buffalo loses next year and goes 4-12. Well, they're just the Buffalo that's lost for the last three decades. Even though they won a couple of seasons and made it to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I think their, their fan base has kind of been resurged and put on the map a little bit. A little so bit. Uh, they've I think been breaking kind of, a lot more tables. Yeah, so I think their following is kind of catching <laughs> that resurgence back from the from the nineties. Buffalo builds a stadium. Don't you think they should have an area where they just break tables? Without a doubt, man. Like a designated, <laughs> like, sponsored, like a foam pit? sponsored table breaking area. <laughs> the Dudley Zone. The Dudley Zone. I like it. 3D, smart baby. Move. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. And a lot of them. Action Sports Cast on ESPN 690 Reels on right after this. Here on a Friday. Hope you're having a good day, everybody. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. We have to be focused on getting games on the field. That's most important. And then keep our eye long term. Long term is, is what we're really focused on. You know, we wish we could just snap our fingers and everything be perfect, you know, but that's not, that's not realistic. We know that we have a long way to go to realize our full potential as a football team. And I think all of us would agree that love Jacksonville so much, we have a ways to go to fulfill our potential as a community as well. That's Mark Lamping, Jaguars president. Sat down with him on Tuesday when the news came out. At Jags headquarters, and that complete interview, by the way, is on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 YouTube page, also on Facebook, so you can go check it out, what he had to say. What's interesting to me is when I talked to Mark Lamping, that was hours after the announcement. So in a weird way, from my standpoint, it was almost too soon. Yeah. 
because what happened over the next 24 hours is something, again, I think the Jaguars were not prepared for as they as much as they should have been. And that was the backlash that they were about to get. So Mark Lamping since then has been on. Well, I don't want to say a media tour, but he did go on Sirius XM and he's been on. So still talking about it. Um, and I don't think his message is necessarily changing. I do wonder if the sensitivity to the issue is more out there than it was maybe even on Tuesday when we talked to Shad Khan and Mark Lamping on a conference call and also sat down with Mark uh, Jags headquarters. I, I got to be honest, I, and I'm not going to waver from this. I disagree with some of the things that went down this week, but I have a ton of respect for Mark Lamping. I think he's a bright man. I think I've said he's a superstar down there in so many respects. I think they have a good person in charge as their their president. I really do. And I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to be hypocritical on that front. I've said that for a long time. And uh, that doesn't mean everybody makes the does everything the exact perfect way all the time. Um, and we can disagree on some things. And, and, again, this has been a tough week, I think, for a lot of folks in the Jags organizations. But I think in terms of figuring out what needs to happen long term and and making the right moves, I do think uh, Mark Lamping's a good solution to a lot of those those things overall in the big picture. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Scott is here instead of Kuz. Kuz at wedding number 463 of his career. <laughs> He's outdone Russell Westbrook in triple doubles, which is pretty fascinating and amazing. We asked a question earlier in the show, and we never really got back to it, although I was hoping to get why I'm here, some people uh, talking about this one a little bit. Because I think I nailed it, quite frankly. Who did you say? The team? I Well, hold on. i got to ask the question. Okay, sorry. Well, I figured people are listening. They know what we're talking about. But, yes, please refresh well, everybody for people that listening. are catching up right they, now. We hope. And that. I'm just, uh, just getting out of work. In, yeah. Just heading into the weekend. Yep. Can't wait to get that beverage in their hand on the back patio. Oh, yeah. And I have a fantastic weekend ahead. Little XFL, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> if you're not, uh, it's all good. But we said... What team fits Gardner Minshew? Well, this is a very organic topic. This wasn't planned. What team fits Gardner Minshew more than the Jacksonville Jaguars? What city? What yeah. You know, yeah. because we were talking a little bit about Blake Bortles, and if Blake was a highly successful quarterback, he was the perfect guy in Duval, in, in Jacksonville, in Northeast Florida. Yeah. Heck, he was almost a homegrown guy, essentially. Gardner Minshew, he even said it at the Super Bowl fits Jacksonville to a T, and it's there for you. That's why I think this place loves him so much. Now, everybody seems to love Gardner, but I think this place loves him even more so because of that. And now if he can win, oh, my goodness gracious, all this stuff that we've been talking about for the last six months and, and this week, if Gardner Minshew can get the Jaguars into double-digit wins for a couple years in a row, mm-hmm. oh, that would solve a lot. Mm-hmm. That would be unbelievable. It really would. But what we asked is, what other organization and city would fit Gardner Minshew? And we said, none maybe more than Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Although I think I had one that might fit a little bit better than Jacksonville. And I said, Oakland. Yeah. Not better than Jacksonville, but just as good. Oakland and even this new team in Vegas. That you, would be a a perfect place for Gardner but Minshew. Do you, do you get Vegas fives from Gardner Minshew? I get that. Like hangover Vegas vibes <laughs> from Gardner Minshew. Really? Okay, okay. Not like hangover. I'm talking the movie. And I, I, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get yeah. those kind of. Yes, I do. Okay. Like, like face tattoo, one night in Bangkok kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see. Can I see 
Can I walk into the Bellagio and see Gardner Minshew parading through there on a Saturday night in the off season? Yeah. Heck yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. I think he fits Vegas, and I fits that kind of that that black hole in Oakland and and the Raiders and John Gruden mm. and all that. I think he fits that really well. I do. I, so, I'd be lying if I said I'm not sure it's better than Jacksonville. Although it might be even better than Jacksonville that yeah. he would fit Vegas and Oakland. I don't know. So I got two teams here, and not saying they're better than Jacksonville, but they're two teams that come to my mind. One you're going to hate with a passion, obviously, but I I consider Gardner Minshew a, a country dude, all right? Yeah, and fair when, enough. When you, when you think country, what city do you think of in the NFL, Brent? Yeah, fair enough. Hit me with it. Nashville. Nashville. The yeah. Titans. You know, I mean, I can see Gardner Minshew. Gardner, if you go to the Titans, I'm not talking to you ever again. <laughs> I'm just saying I can see Gardner He's Minshew. Like, Thank God. <laughs> I can see Gardner Minshew downtown Nashville going to Tootsie's with his crew and everything, yeah. singing some karaoke, man. I, I can just, I mean, it's, it's too perfect, right? So I get those kind of vibes. And my dark horse of a team um, would be Detroit because really? I get the vibes of obviously Blue Collar, which Detroit definitely okay. is in spades. But also, yes, Gardner Minshew could be country, but he's more classic rock. And what is more classic rock than Detroit, Brent? We're talking Ted Nugent. We're talking Bob Seeger, man. We're talking some of the legends. I feel like Gardner Minshew fits that mold perfectly. It's Motown. It's Detroit Rock City, baby. Like, I can see, yeah. I mean, you think about like, some can, of the outfits like Gardner has yeah. worn before. I mean, can, can you not see Gardner Minshew pulling up like in a baseball team, like a Raglan team, like a 69 Camaro, pulling up to the stadium on game day with some shades on that mustache? Like, I mean, come good. on, man. Yeah, it's too perfect. That's it, though. American muscle, baby. That's I, it. I don't know. I had one idea also. Oh, you got one, Scott. I, Scott, I, I, thought, with it. I thought he might fit in in New Orleans. I mean, the guy's yeah, a one-man nah, Mardi Gras party, so uh, that's a good point. I, I think atmospherically that would suit him really well, and dynamically with the expectations for the team, he's got the kind of uh, star power that could lead that expectation, and certainly the kind of performance that could deliver. Here's the thing, in a weird way, I don't say you're wrong. By the way, I think that's a good call. Absolutely, especially because he's from kind of that area. But can't everybody fit in New Orleans? I mean, the Manning family. <laughs> fit in New Orleans. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, the Manning did. family. Drew Brees, who yeah. clean cut, unassuming, super nice guy, fits in New Orleans. Like I don't relate Drew Brees to Bourbon Street, but it's a great fit. Yeah. Now, Minshew, I could relate a little bit to Bourbon Street on a night or For two. Sure. But it would be a good fit. So my point, point being man. is like I Taysom almost Hill think- was doing mission trips for BYU and then that's right at home in New Orleans, man. <laughs> Good point. What, He's like, what, what are we talking player? about? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I almost feel like, like New Orleans welcomes, welcomes everybody. Sure. They just fit everybody in a weird way. So does Vegas, though. To be fair. Yeah, Vegas does. But like, as you're gonna find out when you go for the draft. Well, here's the deal. I would say like it does and it doesn't. Like I'm not a Vegas guy. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't. Like I'd like to go to Vegas. Yeah. I like to gamble a little bit. Sure. But I couldn't live in Vegas. Yeah. Like, I'm not that. I can't. No, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I'm not a big city guy anyway. And mm-hmm. Vegas just has too many lights and stuff for me. Like, I like I could live in Nashville. I really Too much could. oxygen pumping through all the, the casinos. But, yeah, like, I feel like I could live in Nashville. Yeah. You're right. 
I, I just don't think I could fit. And I don't can, see myself as a can Vegas Can you guy. live in New Orleans, though? Like, you live on see, Bourbon Street, bro? I lived in Louisiana, That's a, but, but not, I didn't necessarily live in Bourbon New Orleans. Street's a different animal, but man. But, yeah, you can still scratch that itch down in uh, New Orleans, though, because you don't have to hang out just on Bourbon Street, you know? It, you can roll out on the riverboat gambling cruise also, and... Uh, and you can be styling and profiling a little retro that way. Well, I think that's the thing. See, I don't know enough about Vegas, but the thing about New Orleans is everybody thinks Bourbon Street. Correct. And there's so much more to New Orleans than Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. There, There is the riverboat stuff, but the French Quarter, like you, everybody goes to, to to visit New Orleans and they end up on Bourbon Street and they miss the French, like the rest of the French Quarter. Yeah. Like it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything like that street, <laughs> Bourbon yeah. Street. You're right. So I think uh, that's why maybe it's open to a little bit everybody. I don't know if Vegas is like that. Like, I think Vegas, and I think the Vegas Strip, but I don't really know what else it feels like in Vegas. I've never been. Yeah. See, just hot. To, well, yeah, <laughs> like hot desert, for sure. Right? Just I mean, place. you're going to see, though, man, in Vegas, th- there's all walks of life, right? And, and there's all types of people. I mean, there's families there doing their you know, family summer vacation. Why you go to Vegas for that? I really don't know. There's no, a lot of things to there. do, obviously. <laughs> but, um... There are, there are all walks of life in Vegas, and I think in terms of people watching, Bourbon Street and the, uh, and the Las Vegas Strip, I mean, probably the top two in the country for just people watching in general. People watching. People I can't watching. wait. We're going. Yeah. Going in April. Yep. Can't wait for it. Yep. Uh, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, a little balling and falling. For me, it's going to be... Hey, we can play the happy hour horn. Let's do it, Scott. Play the happy hour Don't horn. Don't be scared, man. Yeah, it's Friday. I mean, we better play the happy we're hour Vegas, horn. We're on Bourbon Street. Come on. This is a good timing on your part. Way to nudge me. <laughs> Take the hint, Brent. It's a good nudge. Take the hint. When do I come in now? <laughs> I don't know. Right now. Grab a drink, get a shot, tip the star tender. <laughs> so off. That was so bad. That was so bad. I'm we sorry. We messed up the happy yeah, hour. It is what it is, though. But that's okay. That's yeah. a new cut. That's different. I know. Well, we made a new cut to it. We kind of mixed it up a little bit. I say we. DJ Coos Coos. Coos. Did. Yeah. That's, <laughs> he that's, did. Let's not take all the credit. But when here. we come back, I'm balling and falling. And something we don't talk about hardly ever, but it's almost time to get your brackets out. My view of balling and falling, I don't know what yours is, okay. is going to be the balling and falling teams of college basketball. Who should we have our eyes on for the next month? It's time to start doing homework because I'm winning my bracket. I don't know about you guys, but I'm winning my bracket. Didn't win last year. I believe I beat you last year, didn't I? I'm winning my bracket. Okay. It's 2020. I don't remember don't what happened Murray last State. year. I remember you was trying to sleep on Murray State. I was still afraid of you last year. <laughs> so I was making sure you won. Well, I'm going to give you more reasons to be afraid of me this year, Brent. More to come. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Jump in the conversation. You can always do it. 904-362-9901. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. You want to hear it? Are you do it? Oh, yeah. Just stand in front of it and just let him know. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> Wait, let me see how big it is. Turn to the side. Yeah. There you go. Pizza's here. <laughs> Austin! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Look at the there size of this yeah, thing. It's absolutely ridiculous. What up? I can't believe I didn't drop it, it's, so we're all good. It's Austin Lane! <laughs> yeah. Who well, voted against Coos. me? Who? Wait, you're the guy that voted for me? I voted for get you. Get Coos in here. Get Austin yeah. out of here. <laughs> I had to make this so interesting. Well, come on, bro. Kuz, you the man. Come on. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
of pizza in the beginning. I was going to say, context. <laughs> context clues, everybody. Let's set the stage what we're talking about. Uh, by the uh, way, that was uh, Coos and Austin Lane on Super yeah. Bowl Sunday delivering Renna's Pizza to John Barnes, who won our contest last week. Yeah. And we finally are able to get to that. I wanted to share that. So that was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Appreciate you guys doing that. But John was great, man. He's Dude, fired was up excited, to see you guys. Man. And you know what? That that was more inspiring than having someone just like, oh, well, just put it on the table and get get out of here, you know, like <laughs> yeah, out of my house. Right. Like it was cool to see someone that excited. Now I told him myself, I'm like, dude, it's not a big deal. It's just me and it's just coos. But uh, you know, I think his his excitement it was genuine and we appreciate that. He's a big fan of the show and you know he was recapping some of the shows that we've done and some of his favorite parts. So it was really cool to see uh, uh, literally a true fan. That's uh, cool. Appreciate that, John, and and everybody else who participated. That was a fun time. Last week at the Super Bowl, we had a contest where folks made their own 30-second commercial Mm -hmm. uh, for Renna's Pizza, but really for their party to have Renna's Pizza delivered, and uh, it worked really well. So maybe we do that again down the road. That was a lot of fun. Thanks to Renna's Pizza for playing along. That big party pizza, it is a huge pizza, isn't it? Oh, man. You're not lying. Well, I was afraid I was going to – it's heavy. I was going <laughs> to drop it, and it barely fit in the back of my car. Thank gosh I had the station wagon where you could put the seats down in the back. So it was a nice, luxurious ride for that pizza. But, um, yeah, they were sparing no expense of the size of that thing. Yeah, thanks to uh, Mike at Renna's Pizza. And check out uh, Renna's Pizza this weekend if you're looking for something to eat. Five different locations. Uh, go say hi to Mike and uh, Marshall Landing and Neptune Beach and – Bay Meadows, San Jose, and Argyle as well. So uh, you can check out Renna's Pizza this weekend. Ask for the party pizza. They'll make yeah. it for you, I believe. Goes yeah. great with XFL football. Ah, very good. Yeah. On Fox 30. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday <laughs> afternoon coming at you. Took us 14 months, but we're getting the hang of this thing on radio. <laughs> Is there a slogan for the XFL? Like, I don't know. Uh, the we're trying. Yeah, we're just trying to just make like, it, man. Just like yep. ESPN. ESPN 690. We, we gave that slogan away at the end of the year, so we can hand it off to the XFL. We're like just it, trying man. to make it. I like it. Just we trying to it. make it. Just trying to at make least it. a year. Well, and speaking of making it, Brent, and, and I told you just during the break, and you seem to be a little perturbed of what I had to say. But, you know, I, I reposted the video of me yesterday talking to the guy that called in, yes. right? And I posted it up, and then Gary Barnage, friend of the show, yes. um, see him at the wrestling events. He he comes on Twitter. Still can't get Gary in studio. Still we tried like studio, 50 man. times. He, he he's a busy a guy. He's, he's a busy he's guy. Like wrestling he's, in his own ring in his backyard in Middleburg. Dude, if you, have a, if you have your own wrestling ring at your house, would you ever leave it? Because I wouldn't. <laughs> so, of course, he's not going to come on the show in the studio. But Gary goes, because I, I mentioned Ruth Chris and in my you know in my little verbal jab that I had to the gentleman that called in, and Gary Barnage goes, you can take me out to Ruth Chris. Uh, anytime. I love me a good steak. In which case, I responded to Gary, jokingly. Uh, l- let me go and check that bank account. Yeah, I'm going to buy you a beer at WrestleMania because we're both going to WrestleMania. So, you know, just whatever, a little play on words. Ruth Chris comes back. The Ruth Chris, Brent, you know. Is this in a fake account? Hey, you might have heard of them. Blue ah, check? I'm not, not a blue check. I don't think they really care about a blue check. They're, they're too classy for blue checks. Yeah, good right? point. But uh, I'm checking the followers, and I'm checking how much people they're following. And, yeah, it's, it's checks out. Okay. And by the way, there's a there's a white check mark if that means anything. I think the blue check marks are gone. Whatever. Ruth Chris comes out. We love to see you soon. It would be our pleasure to serve you. Wow. So Brent, your boy's got the hookup on Ruth Chris now. Very nice. Yeah. That's a good call right yeah. there. Yeah. By the way, can you hit them back and ask them if they're going to pay for that draft uh, bet that I <laughs> if I lose it in ten years? <laughs> I can run to buy a little bit. But Brent, I, I tell you this news, and you seem a little disappointed. And you seem a little perturbed. Well, why are you upset, man? I, I'm not upset. I just, I mean. Where am I on that? 
list. Be, be honest. Being and, left and, out. And, and here's what you're thinking. You're thinking you have 20,000 Twitter followers. I, I only have like 9,000 something. I feel like I've reached and, out to Ruth's Chris before. And, and you're thinking that like, because you have more followers means you're you're granted these kind of embellishments, these kind of perks. True. Well, you have to understand, Brent, it's not about the followers, man. Okay? It's about the content, and it's about, you know, giving them a shot every once in a while, and that's what we do with Ruth Chris here. Nice job. So, hey, school's in session. Welcome. Ruth Chris, can I at least drop him off at the restaurant? <laughs> Brent's going to be our chaperone. <laughs> hey, go, go pick me up at 10 o'clock. For your candlelight yeah, dinner. Yep, absolutely, man. Me and Gary <laughs> shutting that place down. All right, uh, let's do some balling and falling. Ruth Chris balling. Yeah. There you go. That will get you something. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's going to give Brent a bowl of crab bisque, enjoy. Uh, balling, I'm, gonna, I'm doing balling and falling with yep. college basketball. Okay. We don't talk a lot of college basketball. We don't. And we're getting to the point where I think people start to tune into college hoops a little bit more. Sure. There's a top 25. College basketball this year has been all over the map. There's no dominant team. It's been a little crazy at times. I think there's been seven different number one teams in the country, and I think that's a record. Mm-hmm. In fact, Baylor sits atop number one right now. What a job Scott Drew's done with that program. Gonzaga number two, Kansas three, and San Diego State, the only undefeated team in America, yep. at number four. But then there's Louisville and Dayton, five and six. And then there's Duke, but Florida State, eight, Maryland, nine, and Villanova, ten. If you dropped off the face of the planet for about a week or a year what and year came back and said... Hey, name the top ten in college basketball. There's yeah. no way you would ever get it. Oh yeah, man. Go ahead and give me Kentucky, man. Right? Go ahead and give me the the, the Kentucky's the fifteen. Yeah. Go ahead and give me Michigan State. How about this? Man. I think was Oregon number one at one time. I believe so. I think yes. they were. They're all the way down now to fourteen. Yeah. So nobody can seem to figure it out. Butler was up to number six. They're down to number nineteen thanks to the Providence Friars beating them a little bit. There we go. But uh, it's a wacky top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. So my balling has got to be Baylor. It's got to yeah. be San Diego State. Yeah. And it's always Gonzaga. For sure. They're always in the middle. They're I'm not consistent. a huge buyer on Kansas as much uh, going into this tournament right now. Louisville, the rest. I really do like Baylor and I like Gonzaga. And honestly, I don't know enough about San Diego State, but I'm going to give them credit for being undefeated. I'm going to be honest, though, with Baylor, Brent. I'm a little impartial because of those puke yellow highlighter jerseys that get brought out for the tournament you time. like them? No, absolutely. Oh. I call them puke yellow highlighter jerseys. What kind of compliment is that? I can't stand them. And there's no way you can be the number one team in the nation and rock those jerseys. So I hope whoever's, is it Under Armour or Nike, whoever it is, whoever I they're I signed up with. I yeah. hope they take note and like put them in something a little better, a little more aesthetically pleasing. I'm going to also tell you about a team to keep an eye on in the tournament. Okay, I'm going to give you early there it is. teams. Murray State. I, <laughs> Murray State's no. doing good, Brent. Are they doing well? Oh, hey, Jahu. Hey, didn't even miss them, man. Really? Didn't even miss They're John still Rand. playing well. Oh, we're playing good, man. Wow. I say we're like, I'm part of the team. Yeah. Like, like I spent one time playing for the Jacksonville Giants, and now I'm part of Murray <laughs> State Racers. No, but the Murray State Racers are doing good right now. I'll tell you the team to look out for that nobody will give enough credit to, and they're really, really good as Dayton. Yeah. Dayton is really good. They're sixth in the country. They're 20-2 and two and not going to be as tested as like an ACC team or anything like that, but they're good. They're really good. And so I'm buying them. They're balling along with the Baylor, Gonzaga, San Diego State's balling. They're the only undefeated team in the country. As for falling on the uh, basketball side of things, I think you got to be really cautious of teams in the SEC. The SEC is just... It's pretty average. 
is, I mean, again, college basketball scene is pretty average, but Kentucky is, they, they were number one in the country at one time, lost to Evansville. Yeah. They're all the way down to number 15 right now. They're, they're 16 and five. Auburn's a team that has floated up and come back down and now floating back up a little bit. It's hard to trust them. LSU is in the same boat. So careful of those teams as you, and keep an eye on them the next four or five weeks. But this is truly going to be a tournament this year that what happens in late February and early March will will be the teams I cling on to because you need to find the teams that are peaking. Mm-hmm. There is so much up and down movement. Now you need to do that every year. But there's just not a team that if they're not playing well going into the tournament that you think can find themselves. I'm not sure there's a team talented enough to find themselves and say, okay, we got this anyway. We can now turn the light switch on. I don't think it's going to be like that this year in college basketball. So those teams playing well late are going to be the teams that I ride with most likely in my bracket this year. So two things with SEC and basketball. Obviously, Auburn, they're intriguing, right? They had a fantastic season last year. I think you could say they um, overachieved a little bit. Fantastic coach and Bruce Pearl. You know, they should be making some noise in the tournament for sure. And Kentucky is always kind of the enigma because I feel like Kentucky, it's the same story every single year where the preseason, they're always ranked very high. They they have some of the best recruiting classes and then they play, you know, the start of the season and they struggle. And the reason is because they're young and they don't know how to play together. And it seems like, you know, towards the second end of the season and when it comes time for the SEC tournament, then they find themselves a little bit. And then when they hit the time for actually the NCAA tournament, you know, they hit the ground, ground running. So, um, I'm always keeping an eye on Kentucky just because they have so much young talent where it's hard to ignore them. I think your 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 assessment is right on the money. Mm-hmm. I would just caution you this year. I don't think they're as talented as they usually are. Sure, which with is, those young players, which is warranted. Yeah, yeah. I, and I agree so with you there. That, that'd be my uh, again. Listen, I am not watching Jimmy Dykes and Jim and Dickie V and everybody day in day out for yeah. the last couple months. Yeah. I have not watched a ton of college basketball. I like to pay attention to it, but yeah. it is a little bit on the casual end. And now we'll really start deep diving and take a look at these teams. But uh, just keep an eye. I mean, those normal blue blood teams, they've got some warts to them. And everybody does in college basketball. One other note, uh, UNF won last night. Uh, JU lost to Liberty at home. JU continues to struggle a little bit. UNF is locked in with Liberty. And uh, the Ospreys are really good, I think. I do think it's Liberty and and UNF as the two best teams in the A-Sun, even though both had a couple of – well. Uh, Liberty lost, I think it was to Stetson, and UNF had a tough loss. I think not a good loss at all to Lipscomb. Yeah. They lost to NJIT at home, and then they, they they avenged that one last night on the road in New Jersey. But the loss coming off a Liberty win where they could have taken control of the conference was not a good loss for UNF. Uh, no such thing as a good loss, I guess. But keep an eye on uh, UNF. I think they have a chance to dance. Mm-hmm. Really so do if they're playing the the right level of basketball as we get – few weeks down the road uh, which is coming up i mean we're just about three four weeks away from like three weeks really three and a half weeks from the a sun tournament mm-hmm. and uh unf has a legit chance uh, to go dancing I like it. What you got? Ball and phone. So, ball and man, we kind of teased it a little bit. Now, let's talk about it. UFC 247 taking place in Houston this Saturday. Um, and it's featuring probably the quote unquote the best mixed martial artist of all time in John Jones. Uh, you know, one of the most popular figures in the UFC. He's taking on a guy by the name of Dominic Reyes. Um, Dominic Reyes, kind of an under the radar guy for the casual MMA fan. A little background about Dominic Reyes, real quick. Former football player, went to Stony Brook, had dreams to be in the NFL, didn't work. 
work out, took his talents to MMA. Um, he's been undefeated ever since. Um, 12-0, a guy that can kick, a guy can punch. He kind of has it all. Super athletic, and that's kind of the that's kind of the selling point, at least from his side, is John Jones has always been the athlete in the cage, right? And that's where you know the success supposedly has come from. This is according to Dominic Reyes. Well, Dominic Reyes is claiming that he is the more athletic guy. He is the more athletic freak, and in terms of size and height, they weigh about the same. They're about the same height. Obviously, John Jones has the significant reach advantage with an 84-inch reach. Um, you know, no one's going to have that on John Jones. This is who he is. But it's going to be an interesting fight from the standpoint of. John Jones is probably the greatest MMA fighter of all time, Brent. And whether it's boxing or any combat sport, after you keep on winning and winning and winning in decisive fashion, you kind of get bored a little bit, right? And you need to get inspired. Like, John Jones had Daniel Cormier for a while because there was bad blood there. John Jones' last fight against Thiago Santos went to split decision because, let's be honest, no one thought that Thiago Santos had a chance, including myself. And John Jones almost lost that fight. And keep in mind, Santos tore his ACL, his MCL, his LCL, his PCL, whatever LCLs there are in his knee, <laughs> tore it in the second round, and the guy fought the entire five rounds to a split decision. So one could argue, is John Jones going to get up for this fight? Is he going to be motivated for this fight? I think he will be because the, the the term athlete getting thrown around by Reyes, I think has kind of lightened up a fire in John Jones a little bit. Something to keep an eye on, though, in this fight. Obviously, John Jones is the huge favorite. Dominic Reyes is the underdog. The thing with boxing fights or MMA fights, Brent, they're a dance, right, where someone leads, someone follows, you kind of get a flow. What makes John Jones so fantastic at fighting is the fact that he doesn't allow you to dictate the dance. John Jones always dances or he always fights on his terms. Whether it's throwing these exotic leg kicks, throwing these long punches, these elbows, he never lets you feel comfortable. And with Dominic Reyes, if you watch some of his, you know, his past fights, Reyes comes out hot and he, and he comes out looking to knock you out in the first round. John Jones hasn't really felt a lot of that. When, when, when John Jones goes to rounds three, four, and five, no one's going to beat him because he's dictated the pace. You're fighting his fight. But rounds one through two, if you can go at John Jones and you can try to go knock him out with whatever you're throwing at him, you may have a shot. I'm still taking John Jones in this fight, but expect Dominic Reyes to come out early and try to go for that KO, and it could actually make for an interesting fight. All right, I got a question about uh, MMA, UFC yeah. 2020 could it be the biggest year they've had yet because you're looking at John Jones fighting now in yeah. February. Mm-hmm. You've got Khabib fighting. Yep. You've got McGregor fighting. Yeah. You've got all these guys fighting and yeah. some big rivalry fights, monster yeah. fights. And listen, I know we had the Rousey years. We had John Jones in his prime, we all did. those things. Mm-hmm. But I still think the sport, Rousey was a little bit different anyway. It's just kind of a, it, it yeah. a totally different animal. Yeah. But John Jones, when he was hot, like guys like me didn't even. Sure. I just didn't even pay attention to it. You know, now McGregor's made us all pay attention a little bit more. Yes. And so there seems to be, I think through July, if I'm not mistaken, about three or four blockbuster kind of fights yeah. coming up. Does it have a chance to be the, the best year yet yeah, for, um, for, it, for uh, the sport? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised um, if it is because assuming John Jones wins this fight, then you're talking about John Jones maybe going up to heavyweight and you're, you're having like maybe a, a belt versus belt matchup against Stipe Miocic. So there's that possibility, Brent, and obviously it starts with Connor. You know, who's Connor going to fight as well? Because Connor still is the he cash cow. Yeah. And I talked about it before. I would love to see him fight Jorge Masvidal. Unfortunately, that fight's not going to happen now because Dana White's announced that Jorge Masvidal is going to fight Kamar Usman, which we saw transpire at, we did. At, at Radio Row. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Still just, not over that. Yeah, let's just leave it at that right now. I don't want to badmouth anybody, <laughs> man. But uh, the, that, the way that whole thing went down with the confrontation, let's just say it left a little bad taste in my mouth. But I think, yes, it does have the potential to be the biggest year in the UFC. And uh, real quick, too, some other fights to check out. Another championship fight, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Caitlin Chukagan. Um Chukagan's the biggest underdog on the card, Brent. If you want to watch a very talented MMA artist, watch Valentina Shevchenko, man. She's been doing this since she's like four years old. Just an absolute wow. killer. They call her the bullet for a reason. Check her out if you're around. And also, my fight to watch as well, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, taking on Ayer Latifi, um, the Swedish sledgehammer. Cool thing about Latifi, he fights at light heavyweight. He's taking this fight on short notice, I believe, and fighting at heavyweight. He's coming in at 5'10", 245 pounds, taking on Derek Lewis, who's about like 6'3", 6'4", 265. Wow. So it, it, it should be a slobber knocker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, by the way, should uh, we road trip or watch your fight at Mr. Chubby's on March 6th? Oh, dude, go to Mr. Chubby's. Yeah. Go yeah? Chubbies, yeah. Get a whole group. Absolutely. We're starting organizing yeah. that now. I'm yeah, because it, it'll be on UFC Fight Pass, and it should because be on it's going to, yeah, we can Access get it. TV. Yep, yeah, it'll, it'll be available for streaming. So we throw a big ESPN 690 party yeah, man. for about a month away. Let's do it. Let's plan it. Is that going to add any pressure? No, man. Okay. No, it's all do. good. You have fallen, by the way. I do have Fallen. <laughs> As you uh, check your pulse. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> so Fallen and... Um, I don't know how to think about this, Brent, because I just talked. I sung his praises today. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Have you seen He's the all? Well, just because he he's captain out. and who did he pick? Well, yeah, so hear me out. So the, NBA, the, the 2020 NBA All-Star Game in Chicago, the rosters have been set. And basically what happens is LeBron James picks first, and then it goes back and forth from Team Giannis, Team LeBron. LeBron picked Anthony Davis. L- l- listen to LeBron James' team here. These are the starters. LeBron James, Anthony, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, James Harden. Whoa. Let's hear the starters for Team Giannis. Giannis, obviously. Joel Embiid. Pascal Siakam. Kemba Walker. Trey Young. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, Did somebody rig this thing? So no. So here's, the, <coughs> excuse me, here's the whole team. So Team LeBron. Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, uh, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and then uh, Sabonis. Team Giannis. Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, uh, Bam, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, Donovan Mitchell. So... You see these rosters here, and what do you think, Brent? It's going to be an absolute massacre. And one would think, well, does Giannis really care about charity? Because look at the team that he picked. Because keep in mind, in honor of Kobe Bryant, the winner um, for each quarter gets to donate money to some charities around, I think, the, the, the Chicago area. So I look at this, and I'm like, hey, Giannis, what are we doing now? Now. You can look at it and say, well, Giannis is taking guys that are foreign, right? For the most part. But he didn't take Luka Donich, but he maybe he's taking guys from like, you know, that are from Africa or, or things of that nature. Could be a possibility. Or he but could then, just be trying to set himself up to look way better than everybody else on his put team. Put the team on his back, exactly. <laughs> but then if you look deeper into it, Brent, you see what's really happening here. And this is why it was it was falling for me from the get go. I'm like, Giannis, what are you doing? But then when you break down these teams, you start to go, Oh, I get it. This isn't Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. This is East versus West. Uh, I, I think they put it upon themselves for the most part. Now, there, there's a couple players that you know don't fit the mold. But I think for the most part, Team LeBron, Team Giannis go, you know what? Let's just play East versus West like it used to be. 
Interesting. So I'm not mad about that. Okay. But it goes to show you, hey, the West. <laughs> the West has been won. Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, just a reminder, uh, CGC Water, or official water of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. They got a cool thing coming up. On Tuesday, February 11th, they'll host an open interview session from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Find out how you can help people improve their lives and our communities through better water. They're looking to fill several positions in sales and service. So uh, go check out their Facebook events page at CGC Jacksonville or email them at hr at cgcwater.com and uh, maybe get a job. Interview sessions from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. February 11th. Once again, Facebook events page at CGC Jacksonville or email at hr at cgcwater.com. CGC Water, your local authorized independent Connecticut dealer and the official water of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right, man, have a good weekend, all right? You too. Scott, thanks for jumping in, man. Good to see you again. Always a pleasure, guys. Happy New Year. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Let's and, go Tampa uh, Bay Vipers. Yes. Uh, talk all about the XFL on Monday. <laughs> I'm Brett Martin. Everybody, I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.